And again, Beef Sticks Podcast. Beef Sticks. We're back. April 27th. For your enjoyment, friends, family, faggots, and females, all coming together just to love one another. Love those stick I bundles. Love our job. Thank God for bundles of sticks. Thank God for <laughs> bundles of sticks. What would we do without bundles of sticks? We I wouldn't have know. fires. We wouldn't right. have homes. The three well, little pigs would have been screwed after the straw got blown down. <laughs> right. This going would have been a shorter story, that's for sure. Holy shit. Yeah, it would have. But it would have ended up in po- in, a, in a pork chops. So I'm down with that. That's a good ending. I always and love some pork chops. And sat down and ate three big juicy pork chops. And, and it was bacon good. the next morning. And grandma, grandma and little Red Riding Hood came along with some apples. And they made applesauce, pork chops, applesauce. Had a good time. The wolf ate up grandma afterwards. She liked it, though. Oh, yeah. That's what grandma said. Oh, yeah. You sound like Grandma from Little Red Riding Hood. I like that. Right? Well, she has to sound sort of like a wolf for Little Red Riding Hood to possibly be able to mistake the wolf for her, right? This woman had to be pretty fucking beastly in her own to be mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know she had a hairy face and shit like that. You know Grandma didn't shave her little Big old snaggle teeth. Snarly snaggly (laughs) teeth. We have, yeah. to, we have to do a, a podcast where all we do is just fucking read, like, nursery rhymes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make them our own. <laughs> and that's how we're going to bring you into Beef Six Podcast this week. Nothing wrestling related. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's kind of fun. And you know what? We could be, like, Stone Cold. We could, we could do a not wrestling related episode. Hey, you Could know be. What? People don't come to us to find out what happened on Raw and SmackDown. They got other motherfuckers to listen to for that. They come to us to hear us bullshit and listen to our jolly laughs. And if there's one thing we're good at, it's bullshitting. Hey, yes. I'll do it with the best of them. I'll <coughs> bullshit with a pole who has diarrhea and fucking win. <laughs> oh, man. It's a good day today. It's a good it is. Day. It is a good day. Uh, it's a good day you... for news and rumors. That's what I think. Isn't every what Thursday a good day for news and rumors? It it is. It is. <laughs> uh, we got some things here. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, a couple big stories. A couple things that may have flown under the radar. Um, one thing I added, which is is, is just it, it's a little note, but I thought it's something that we could discuss. And I'll start with that first. Uh, Sean Waltman was on the Kevin Undergirl podcast. If you folks don't know who Sean Waltman was, he was six Pac in WCW. I'm more he interested in, as to who this Kevin Undergaro is. <laughs> uh, he's he's a broadcaster. He's been around for quite a while. Um, he does he does sports journalism, and he's got a podcast. Um, and X Pac said. You're taught you're a mark if you don't like to lose. If you're questioning doing a job for somebody. Wins and losses do matter. They fucking do matter. That whole wins and losses don't matter shit, they say that when it's convenient for them. So um, this is a discussion that we've had before. Uh, a lot of people talk about. Uh, you hear it all the time. JBL, my, my good friend JBL, has said multiple times, it's a show. Wins and losses don't matter. The title's a prop. 
Um, it is a show, and uh, the title is somewhat a prop. That That is true to an extent. <coughs> but I'm going to say with Hulk Hogan, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, with The Rock, would even John Cena, would any of those guys be as big as they were if they lost more times than they won? No, I don't think so. Not at all. I, I really don't think so either. No, that's just like I know this is a That's just like uh shit. Uh, you go ahead. I, I lost my train of thought. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I know this is a different generation than, than the the Austins, the Rocks, and it's even a different generation now than the Cena's, as hard as that is to believe for yeah. some of us old folks. But um, to me, wins and losses matter. Uh, they they may not be the only thing that matters, and I'll be the first to admit that. They may not be the only thing that matters, but you get somebody like, let's go with Bray Wyatt. Right. I don't yeah. think people take him seriously anymore because he keeps losing. I think there's a chance. There's a chance that if I'm right here and he beats Randy Orton in this match that isn't for the championship, I think there's a chance, as long as he keeps that momentum going, but going into a well, rivalry. There's with... a chance. They can still save him, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, payback in a little bit. I agree with you. There is a chance. You know, the other name I think of right now, just off the top of my head, Jinder Mahal is another good example We've watched him do nothing but jobs since he's been brought back. Right. He lost to Mojo Rawley a couple weeks ago. Mojo Rawley. And now all of a sudden he's the number one contender and nobody's taking him seriously. And people are getting pissed like, oh, you guys just don't like him because he's foreign or because he's juiced up and big. It's like, no, we don't like him because WWE told us for over a month that he isn't a credible wrestler. That's why I don't like him. Right. That's why I don't like him as the number one contender. Because WWE gave me no reason to think he could contend for the title. But I mean, hey, there. Look at it. All all three dudes in in three MB have gone on to actually be taken somewhat seriously by the same company. Uh yeah, somewhat seriously. He Slater's got the. I mean, he was the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's that's still a joke something. character, but I think Heath Slater just has to be a joke character. I think that's. It's always going to be, but at least he's winning and doing things now. Right? Yeah, Heath, yeah, Jinder Mahal. Who's the <laughs> other? Who's the third one? Help me out here. Um, God damn it. He just went back to NXT after, after oh, not Drew, being... Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Right. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, well, we don't know yet if they're going to take him seriously or not. Oh, they will. He, they uh, will. He, he fell quite far from his days of being Vince's chosen one to being on 3MB. Right. And then he right. went to Impact Wrestling, and he made an Impact, excuse the pun. And he's back in NXT, so let's. I, I hope they do something with him. I hope yeah. they do. Actually, out of the three, he's the only one I'd like to see people do anything with. But no, in, in accordance to this, my question is: if wins and losses don't matter, then why the hell does WWE keep so many statistics on other things? You know what I mean? <laughs> if everything else yeah. matters, I think wins and losses has to matter as well. You know how many exactly. men have been thrown over the rope in the King of the Ring? You know, earn the Royal yeah, if, Rumble. If how many people Kane, if how many people Kane <laughs> throws out of the Royal Rumble over his entire career matters, then his win loss record should matter as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, that should be that should be brought up in his campaign. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, Kane's lost more matches than he won. I don't know if he should be mayor of Knox County. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's just their lazy excuse for pushing this 50-50 booking bullshit. Oh, 50-50 booking. Uh, you, fuck, man. That's not how you create superstars. It's no, not. No, it, it ruins the whole forward momentum of anything you have going if if you're just going to trade wins. Nobody comes out as you know better. What? Your 50-50 booking thing just made me think of another superstar who's huge, who wins and losses definitely mattered to his career, Bill Goldberg. Tell me Bill Goldberg would have been the fucking headlining event at WrestleMania had he lost the matches that he that that he right. won during his WCW streak. He didn't right. win those. Let's say he lost. Let's say he lost half of them. 50-50 booking. Let's say he lost half of those matches that he he actually won in real life during that streak. No way he would have been at WrestleMania this yeah, year. Yeah, no. Nobody'd be giving a shit about him. It, as Vince McMahon would say, no chance in hell. By no means. Let's see another superstar who wins and losses have mattered for. Let's talk about Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Does anybody take him seriously anymore? No. He keeps getting no. these sparks. He keeps getting these sparks, and it's like maybe they're going to do something good with him, and then it's the same bullshit. He's, he's a perfect example of the 50-50 booking. Yeah. They give, him a, they give him a shot in the arm, and then they fucking yank him back as soon as they do. Yeah. He's never going to take off that way, ever. And I mean, if you're happy being a mid-carder, I mean, go go for it. You get a steady check. I would do it, you know, but... Hey, I'd do it. I'd go out there and lose every night for the fucking money they're making. Somebody who performs like Dolph Ziggler, I feel, get should deserve better than what he's getting. You know? I'd like to see more yeah. Ziggler-styles matches, like high-caliber Ladder matches, a ladder match between Ziggler and Styles at WrestleMania for the championship. Tell me that wouldn't be something, something amazing. That would be gold. That would be <coughs> gold. That would definitely be gold. Ziggler, uh, Jason Jordan, somewhere down the line. Ziggler, Jason Jordan, two out of three falls match, Iron Man match, something like that. There you go. Hell yeah. You know, God, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. No, even, it... even Gable, either one of them. Ziggler's definitely fallen into the category of enhancement talent, you know? He's just there to make people look good. Yes. And and, and, and I don't think he's getting out of that. No. Uh, it's it's a rut he's definitely stuck in, and it's one that, like you say, Bray Wyatt is dangerously close to falling into himself. Yeah. It's the, it's the, the Zack Ryder rut. I will I be pissed. I will be pissed if Eric Young gets called up to the main card and gets taken more seriously than Bray Wyatt's character did. Seriously. <laughs> Did you hear? So Crazy Steve. Why. Crazy Steve is coming to the WWE. Crazy Steve sir. is coming to WWE. I didn't even get that in my news and notes, but yes, I did hear that. I'm excited for him. I feel bad for Impact Wrestling. Um, the Decay was probably the best thing, uh, as well as the Hardys. Um, I haven't been following Impact, so I'm not sure what they're doing with DK, if they're going to split up with Crazy Steve gone, if they're going to insert some different people. But I liked Crazy Steve. Um, What's the chances of us getting back... of us getting Abyss? Never? Uh, no, not with... I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. I think he's too mankindish for, for Vince to ever accept. I guess. Yeah, I um, get what you're saying. But uh, Crazy Steve, he, he he started back in what was the Menagerie, which was Mike Knox, 
uh, Crazy Steve. Oh, God, there was a group of folks. And, I, and now I'm not remembering uh, who. Oh, they had um uh, the freak Rob Terry, who I was never a fan of. He was just a bodybuilder who they put in a wrestling ring and injured people. I didn't like him. But he came in in the menagerie, which was like a circus type act. And uh, he didn't speak. He just honked a horn. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. And um, they ended up they ended up uh, breaking that up. Crazy Steve was was just just stuck in the X division, but he was lower X division. He was stuck in the mud. And then when this decay thing came around, it gave him something to do. And then Rosemary gave him the ability to speak, you know, kayfabe wise, and that was awesome. And he's a really disturbing, amazing character. And if WWE could get him in and use him. Uh, with this It movie coming out, I think the creepy clown character. Now, he has had problems in the past because there's another independent wrestler who claims that Crazy Steve stole his gimmick. I don't remember this guy's name. I didn't have this prepared or anything. But I do remember back when he was in uh, Impact Wrestling, there was a, a independent wrestler that had a, a claim that he had stole his gimmick and there was a lawsuit or a pending lawsuit. So I don't know I don't know what actually ended up coming of that and if WWE is willing to use that gimmick or if they'll use him for something else. I hope they use that gimmick. He's awesome. You know what I, I, I see here is WWE is coming into a lot of um a lot of uh, uh very, very forward acting superstars. And and they just got the Hardys. And so I do think they're going to ride real hard with the Broken Universe. It sounds like it's getting even closer the more I hear about it. It is. Matt keeps teasing it. He he puts a little of that that uh, accent in his speeches every now and then when he's doing promos. He gets slips a little bit in there. And he posted something a while back talking about how uh, – it had opened the broken universe. What did he say? Something about watching the match that opened the broken universe. I, God, I should have saved that. It was a tweet he put out. Um, yeah, I think I think I, I didn't think so when they first came in there. I was adamant WWE would never use them, and that they wouldn't let WWE take it. And I'm doing a complete 180 right now. I think WWE is planning on taking it and running with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then Bray Wyatt just moved over to Raw. You know. That's going to be beautiful yep. when those worlds come together. Oh, my God. And then Braun Strowman. Worlds may, collide. Maybe Strowman will get tossed in that mix. Dude, there's so many characters on that show who are going to be so good when the Broken Universe comes through. Uh, it's just it's insane to think where things are going to go, at least for the next six months to a year. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, what else have we got? Well, let's let's bring on <laughs> an update on Ronaldo and JBL. Yeah, man, they're getting more uh, press coverage from us than than Paige. <laughs> Hard to who would have thought Ronaldo Ronaldo would get more attention from us <laughs> than Paige. Uh, so Newsweek has has broke the story that Ronaldo has accepted a settlement from WWE. Uh, he released a statement to Newsweek, and it read, it's very short, very simple. It says, WWE and I have mutually agreed to part ways. It has nothing to do with JBL. Those are the only two sentences that that he said 
officially. Now, shortly after that, JBL went on Twitter, I believe it was, and he wrote, Admittedly, I took part in locker room pranks that existed in the industry for years. WWE addressed my behavior, and I responded accordingly, yet my past is being brought up due to recent unfounded rumors. I apologize if anything I said playing a bad guy on TV was misconstrued. <laughs> um, this all came out after the settlement Marl received from WWE for an uh, undisclosed amount of money. We're not sure how much. But it included that he dissolved WWE from any wrongdoing and included a gag order for, for an undetermined amount of time. So he's legally not allowed to speak on the subject in public. He cannot say anything negative about WWE. He cannot bring up JBL in a negative way. This was all part of the settlement that came out. Um, you know, you know when, when a settlement happens, nobody technically agrees to any wrongdoing. But depending on what the settlement is, you can almost always see who was right and who was wrong. Right. And um, this paints a pretty bad picture for JBL and WWE. You know, why Why would they have a gag order on him to not say anything if if this was, wasn't going on? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and, and he blatantly put in his tweet, it has nothing to do with JBL. I think that yeah, yeah, right there, it's, it says it all. 50% of his statement was about JBL. <laughs> Literally, it was two sentences. 50% was about JBL. And uh, and we were talking before, and, you know, uh, the point is, if, let's say, JBL actually didn't do anything, it had nothing to do with this, Morrow just had, had an episode upon himself that happened outside of work, and he had to get it taken care of, and JBL never did anything to upset this guy, Morrow's a real ass because he spent months with everybody hating on JBL and never once spoke up and said, no, no, really, he's a good guy. This has nothing to do with him. He's he's a good guy. This is just me. He never did. He never said that. Right. So if, if JBL didn't do anything, Morrow's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big dick. But in the same For sentiment. Not, not, in the same sentiment, why would the WWE issue him a settlement if if there wasn't something? You know what I mean? There's, it's definitely, they gave him a settlement. They paid him off to keep his mouth shut and. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a, it's a payoff. That's, that's ridiculous. We'll give you this money. So shut your damn mouth. Shut your damn mouth. Um, now he, as part of the deal, he is still under contract to WWE through August 12th. So he's technically getting paid from WWE for a few more months now. So he's got like three, three, four more months that he's actually collecting a paycheck from WWE. On top of that settlement. And although, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and although this deal allows him to do anything except pro wrestling. So like I, like we said last week, he was, uh, he's been doing a uh, fight network um, and he can do that as, as I, as I brought up that week and it, it's not wrestling related. So he right. can still do that. Um, Ronaldo has said that he will broadcast pro wrestling in the future. Ring of honor, maybe. So, um, well, maybe, but think about this. He's been he's been announcing for Fight Network. Who owns Fight Network? Anthem Entertainment. Who owns TNA or who owns Impact? Anthem Entertainment. That damn owl. Uh, could we see Morrow and could we see Morrow and that damn owl in the in the commentating booth at Impact Wrestling? It would sure help Impact. 
It would. I'd rather see him on uh, Ring of I, Honor. I wouldn't, say, <laughs> I wouldn't say ratings wise it would help them, but it would be great right. for them to have a very reputable announcer like my, it would help oh, yeah. anybody. But with Impact trying to rebrand <laughs> themselves and, and and start over and everything, this would really help Impact Wrestling out. I want to know why the WWE is fighting so hard to protect protect JBL. Like, it's just he's JBL. One of the boys, man. He's he's been so around what? forever. He's he's got that old school mentality. I mean, you got to think about it. He's been there back in, if not at, at least the early nineties, if not from the eighties. Remember, he he was part of the the new Blackjacks. It was Blackjack Bradshaw and Blackjack Wyndham. Was it? Was it Barry Wyndham and 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 that JBL? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, the the new Blackjacks. I mean, and that was back in the early nineties. So I mean, JBL's been there forever. I I just think I think he's one of Vince's friends, right? And I Vince, guess. as we have seen over and over again, he goes out. He'll make bad business decisions to protect his friends. It's just crazy. Like, like I want to know what's further down this rabbit hole. You know, we started cracking shit oh, yeah. with the conspiracy theories last week. Which, uh, by the way, if you listened oh last gosh. week, what the fuck happened? Oh, they were trying to cut us off. They they were, <laughs> dude. I've been having calls from Connecticut to my phone. <laughs> I answer them. I hear nothing. But I hear those little. If anybody's ever been paranoid, <laughs> if if you if you pick up your phone and you hear that little, where where it sounds like somebody else is 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 recording or 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 listening in or something, I was getting calls from Connecticut, and I usually don't answer them, but I got multiple calls and I'd answer and I'd hear that. And it's like, well, what the hell is going on? It's, it's very, very weird. Um, the day after we did our podcast, my internet would just keep cutting out for no reason and shut off on me. It's like weird stuff was going on. I don't know that we pissed WWE off or that they even know we exist. All I'm saying is some really eerie shit was happening. In case you, you missed the show last for a week. While. Yeah. In case you missed yeah, the show last week. what happened. We started the segment on on whether or not the WWE is uh, indeed um, selectively breeding their superstars to benefit the future of the WWE. And at one point, I got cut off. We got cut off. Um, wasn't there? There was another audio issue at some point too. Well, no, I I ended up getting cut off completely. It it, it completely disconnected me from from you uh, towards the end. Yeah. And you, your audio was completely cut off after the segment for a portion of time. And then you just came on in the middle of a sentence like nothing happened. It was you know? weird. Yeah, and nothing changed on my end. It is weird. And I, 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 if any of you listened live, I would like to hear from you if that happened live or if WWE did something afterwards. Because uh, in, in my headset, I could hear you just fine when we were recording the show. So it yeah. wasn't affecting our communication um it's some really creepy eerie shit but you know what it's not going to stop us we're going right. to continue with this whole uh, conspiracy theory segment we're going to open up other old wounds we're going to stick our fingers in there and rub salt in the wounds and we're going to get the the pus that's inside to bubble up and see what's under there so the next uh the next actually i have the topic for our next theory it just came to me right now and that's going to be the oh. uh the secret mafia inside of the WWE. 
there's some there's some workings here, you know. Maybe this will be on our way to finding their their inside Illuminati, you know. Folks, you can follow us down this path, and you can find out from us. Who else is going to bring you this information? Who else is going to look into this? Who else has such little lives <laughs> that we're willing to let the, the, a giant company like WWE destroy them just so you folks can learn something new about them? Just so we can find out the truth. I, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to keep cracking this up. We're going to keep busting it out. Hopefully they don't censor us again. If they do, we'll have to just encrypt our shit and block our IPs and do what we can to get around it. But this radio, is baby. This Underground is radio. Weird, weird stuff is happening here as we delve deeper down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so in, in keeping up with pissing off the WWE, let's uh, let's bring up this story. We did not crack this story. I am going to give credit to Billy from Dirt Sheets Podcast. Um, he has an interesting story on this year's WrestleMania. Now, I will tell you, folks, he has recently, in the last few months, broken some big stories that were revealed to be true. So this carries credibility, although, as of going live, this has not been confirmed. But this has been picked up by multiple uh, uh, different personalities in the pro wrestling news world. Like I said, he has cracked some stories before that were true. So so we're going to tell you this. Um, and when you listen to it, it, it sounds plausible, I think. I think it really um, does. What, yeah, what he has, has come up with is that the original plan for WrestleMania was that Undertaker was going to challenge AJ Styles for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble this year in San Antonio. Now, according to v- Billy... Vince would have Undertaker win the title that night, and he would have won it. But he would drop the title at Elimination Chamber after being eliminated by John Cena, and then AJ would regain the title at the end of that match. Now, this was to lead to John Cena versus the Dead Man at WrestleMania, which has been reported by multiple sources that that was the original plan for Taker's WrestleMania match this year. So that, that goes along with confirmed reports. Now, this would leave AJ to defend his title against Randy Orton. Yes, I'm sorry, folks. Mr. RKO was always planned to be the winner of this year's Royal Rumble. So that was in there. It was going to be AJ and Orton, and it was going to be Cena and Undertaker. But this plan got thrown out the window by Vince McMahon himself, Mr. Playing God, as we have just discussed. Uh, after good old Kevin Dunn, um, if you don't know who Kevin Dunn is, he's one of the main creatives in WWE, and uh, he's been he, – he's, you know, the – talk about the WWE mafia. Kevin Dunn is at the top of that list. He's a goofy-looking fucking idiot dude who almost every bad storyline that, that you haven't liked in the last, you know, 10 years, he's probably come up with. He's had some oh, yeah. doozies of some shit. He's your modern-day Vince Russo. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Everybody likes Russo. So I, I, I love Russo. Uh, so uh, so, so uh, Mr. Dunn pitched the storyline of John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella at WrestleMania. Yes, folks. According to this report, John Cena did not come up with the plan of proposing to Nikki Bella. Kevin Dunn came up with the idea that John Cena should propose to Nikki Bella. Conspiracy confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) 
He did not yeah. want to propose to Nikki Bella, but Vince paid him no. off. <laughs> no, according to the sources, Vince actually spent weeks pitching the idea to Cena. Now, apparently this started in about October, November, was them trying to get Cena to, to, to agree to this. And he was not interested in proposing to Nikki Bella in real life, let alone in front of 75,000 fans and the millions watching around the world. He didn't want any of this. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we will also start taking um, bids for how long this marriage or this engagement is actually going to last on our B-Sticks podcast Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll start taking them in. There will be a payoff. We, we want to know what you think. Uh, you know Vince. He always gets his way, right? And allegedly, now this is either a ransom by Cena or, an, or a reward by Vince. Uh, we're not sure. Either Cena said, okay, I'll do it, but I need this. Or Cena finally said, okay, I'm a company guy. I'll do it because you asked me to. And then later on, Vince said, well, since you did that, we'll give you this. Apparently, the reason Cena got his record-tying 16th world title reign was because he agreed to propose to Nikki Bella. Holy shit. Now, <laughs> so what's he going to have to do to Vince to break the record? He's going to have to blow the motherfucker. Because, you know, you, you look back on the on his 16th world title reign, and it's hard to imagine it happened. It's, uh, some people have forgot that he, he tied the, the WWE's quote record. Uh, Ric Flair's record is 25 or 26, depending on who you talk to, but it's one of those two numbers. It's not 16, but that's WWE's quote record. And and as you said earlier, they're all about their fucking statistics and numbers. So this 16th title reign, you would think would have been a huge deal. Well, there was a lack of fanfare for him winning it. um, And it just kind of came and went. Nothing happened of it. There was no story behind it. It didn't build anybody up or build anything up. And like I said, some people already forgot about it. So that would kind of explain why there wasn't much into it because it was just kind of a consolation prize. Like, oh, okay, we'll give this to you. I mean, we got to take it back, but you have your 16th title reign. So now the Miz gets pulled into all of this shit. And that's because they're the only other on-air main event talent, especially as heels. Right. And, and you know, you had to do something. You had to have a way to get Nikki and Cena in the ring together at WrestleMania. So Miz gets pulled into all of this shit, right? Now, why is it a big deal that Miz gets pulled into this? I mean, hey, he's he's getting into the, the, the main event pitcher. He's got a huge rub. Well, yeah, that's good for him. But it sounds like had Miz not got pulled into this fucking gimmick, that we would have seen Daniel Bryan have Shinsuke Nakamura make his main roster debut as the mystery opponent to challenge for and win the Miz's Intercontinental title. Um, Again, another thing that you may forget, they had this months-long buildup against Daniel Bryan and the Miz. And Daniel Bryan can't wrestle. But a a lot of people were saying he was going to wrestle the Miz at WrestleMania. I mean, they had a lot of people thinking that they were building this feud up so big that it was going to lead to Daniel Bryan actually wrestling again. I mean, this was a huge buildup. They spent tons of time building this up. And uh, WWE just dropped the whole Miz-DB rivalry after the the shakeup. And, you know, it's like 
what was that about? All of a sudden, right. it just didn't happen anymore. Well, what the fuck? Well, this would also explain why that got dropped because it was supposed to come to a heated boil over and accumulate at WrestleMania with Shinsuke making his name main roster debut, winning the intercontinental title, whether that's the right or wrong thing. I don't know, but, um, so that's then crazy. Shinsuke got brought up the, the day after. Yeah. So, so Shinsuke got brought up. So was Miz and Maurice standing in the ring for absolutely no reason? Was that a nod to what was supposed to happen? Like this is the closest you know, we'll have. That... This this was the closest we'll ever be to having this rivalry is us standing in the ring at this second together, and then we're gonna get. Maybe out. that's why they did that because otherwise there was no real reason was there. That no, was really an. Odd... That might be our answer there to that question though. Yeah, because that was we even said it on the podcast. How weird was it that he just came out there and everybody right. was standing around uncomfortably? <laughs> it would have made more sense for him to make his debut at WrestleMania. And went and even compete for the title. I'm not saying he has to win it. I'm not a huge fan of everybody who's big coming up to the main roster and winning a title right away. Right. And it would have you know, made Miz look really good to swat him down, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, Maurice could have got involved. They could have gotten a DQ a loss. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. There's a ton of ways you could have done it to, to keep the title on Miz and, and keep Shinsuke looking, looking big. So, you know, if this, if this report is true, we can thank Kevin Dunn for missing out on Cena versus Undertaker, AJ versus Orton for the title, and Miz versus a debuting Nakamura at WrestleMania. I think Kevin Dunn needs to retire. And I mean, and we, we all agree we had a really good WrestleMania. This is one of the better ones we had in years. But think but about it. it. Yeah. You have Cena versus Taker. AJ versus Orton, Miz versus Nakamura. You throw in Goldberg versus Lesnar and Rollins versus Hunter, and then the returning Hardys. You turn a really good WrestleMania into an astonishing WrestleMania. You know, maybe Vince wouldn't want to do that because then that would give him too much for to take on next year. You know what I mean? Maybe he wants to give a more mediocre WrestleMania so he doesn't have to go that far for it you know no he's gonna disappoint next year anyways come on (laughs) well i i can guarantee you he'll never spend that much money on a set again oh you never know you never know sam roberts made a good point a couple weeks back about how a lot of companies when they get as big as wwe they don't like to reinvest money they want to keep their capital as high as they can to to appease uh the stock market and the stockholders because stockholders, all stockholders look at is the bottom line. They don't look at anything else. All they look at is bottom line. He he brought up a good point that it's kind of nice to see a company like, like WWE that's willing to still invest money. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. They're still willing to invest that kind of money to make a prod, to make a a product that's just unmatchable, untouchable. Maybe they should invest a little bit more in their other pay-per-views. Just a little bit. It doesn't have to be, like, huge, but just give, you know, back in the Attitude Era. just look like Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They used to, yeah, they used to have sets. They used to look really cool. They used to be themed out, and now it's just, yeah, it's Raw and SmackDown on Sunday. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, the way... I'm ready for a nap now. The way they uh the way they look reminds me of the old um in your house 
pay-per-views way back in the day where they just all kind of looked the same because they were just something in between the big four, the big six that were going on that year. Yeah. You know? Oh, well. Yeah, no, I, I feel like even even when they're doing, especially now that Raw and SmackDown have to have their own pay-per-views because they're douchebags and can't share the space. But um, they should... They should definitely be investing more in these pay-per-views to make them feel more special for us to watch because they're kind of hard to watch. Like, I'm like, oh, I got to watch wrestling on Sunday this week. <sighs> yeah, I know. I'm not even excited for it. If it wasn't and, for and, the uh, House of Horrors times, match. I don't even, <coughs> I don't times, think I don't even watch it live. I'll go back and rewatch it like Monday evening or something. <laughs> You know, I will. I will disagree though. I like the fact that that if if Raw and SmackDown are separate brands, I like that they have separate pay per views. I just don't think they each need one each month. I think this month Raw can have theirs, and next month SmackDown can have theirs. It and gives the you more time to that, build story. Combined one. It gives more yeah, time to build story. It gives you more time to invest in in people and care about them. Plus, then Brock Lesnar doesn't have to look bad like this Sunday when he's not defending his title <laughs> on the pay per view. You know, because there wouldn't be a pay-per-view this Sunday. <laughs> Mr. White, Paul Heyman would tell you that Brock Lesnar never looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does the morning after a long night of his favorite uh, rye whiskey. Uh, maybe. And then again, it's Brock Lesnar. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just wakes up like a beast. Think. Brock Lesnar. I want to see Brock Lesnar and Chuck Norris co-star in a in a cop drama buddy comedy to, movie together. I would love it. I'd watch it. It'd be horrible acting, but it I, would I mean, be. The, it would be the action scenes alone would be amazing. For the most part, yeah. Brock wouldn't be able like to like Chuck. run excessively. I don't think. Well, it's it's a it's a film, man. They can he can run for one two minutes, and then they can just cut tape, and then 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 bring it back again and just show his face. I imagine Brock to be more of a diva. And, like the next day, I don't want to run just CGI my legs on. Ah! <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> He's just sitting in a chair. <laughs> the whole movie else's legs running, <laughs> just superimpose him on Brock's body. That would be great. Chicken legs. Oh, I, I like some good pickled chicken's feet. Okay, we got a got a little bit more news here. Uh, former cruiserweight champion Tajiri, he's no longer with the WWE. Sad day, man. I was so happy to see him back. I was too. I love Tajiri, the Japanese buzzsaw. Come on, man! And you're pushing the Oriental people right now. You know, you're pushing multiple Jap. Well, I guess they're only pushing Nakamura. Well. But you got Asuka down in NXT. Hideo's come back now. I mean, this could be the resurgence of this could not the resurgence. They've never taken Japanese wrestlers seriously. This could be the the new precedent of Japanese wrestlers breaking through the glass ceiling. Right, and then he would be like the godfather of it, you know, because he's been around and I'd he's love coming it. back. Keep on as a manager who can who can still take bumps and get in the ring and and, and you know fight people. Give him or a just bag just of salt. Green mist in their face. Give him a bag of salt. Yeah, yeah. You know, put him in the tarantula. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as you may remember, he was brought back for the Cruiserweight Classic, and he was actually featured on 205 Live for a while. But he suffered a knee injury back in January uh, during a tag team match at an NXT taping. That was Tajiri and Shinsuke Nakamura. 
versus Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode. I wish I would have seen that match. It sounds like an amazing match. Yeah. Even though the injury wasn't anything serious, WWE still felt that at age 46, he is more of a liability than an asset. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit, you know, and I, I see where WWE is coming from at the age of 46, and Tajiri's never been a main event superstar. So is he worth keeping on, and is he worth investing in a storyline when he's going to get injured and then be gone? I as as somebody who knows his work and loves Tajiri, I say yes, he's worth it. But I could see where they say no, he's not. I I guess, you know, as a business standpoint, I can see it. Um, Tajiri's going to go back to Japan. He's going to have many more matches. He's going to be a headliner. Nobody's going to forget Tajiri. I don't know. So as a fan, it just kind of bothers me when like legends come back like Tajiri or or let's talk about Sting there you know he comes back he gets injured once and they're like yeah you're done now yeah the headbangers who they came right and went. right right it's just <laughs> they don't count they're not they're not I don't, I don't know not on the level they're not legends <laughs> headbangers they're like I guess uh, no, I, I agree it's it's sad Sting you know they brought him in they made such a big spectacle Nothing. Nothing now. He got inducted in the Hall of Fame and nothing. Yep. Nobody gives a shit. Yep. Made him retire. You know, he was on a he was on a table for three with Vader and DDP. And that was it. Yep. Kinda sad. I don't I don't like that. You can tell they don't take he people should, uh, seriously and they should. He should take uh, Daniel Bryan's spot as general manager or commissioner or whatever the fuck. General right. manager. If Tajiri isn't inducted into the Hall of Fame this next year, I'll be I'll be very disappointed, I think. I would agree. I, I don't know if he will be this next year, but he deserves he deserves to be in there. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that at all. Um our last little bit here Um is a spoiler. Um we we've told you before, we have spoilers in our shows. Uh I can't I can't guarantee that every time there's a spoiler we're going to let you know ahead of time so this is your warning there's a spoiler here but just remember when you listen in the future we may just we may just talk about it maybe we should make a disclaimer for the beginning of the show and that'll be our show intro every week spoilers included um alberto el patron is the new global force wrestling champion now, if some of you have no idea what the hell Global Force Champion is or Global Force Wrestling, uh, back when back when um, Jeff Jarrett got removed, <laughs> the company he started, which was TNA, he decided to start Global Force Wrestling uh, with big dreams and big, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, I will read from you their Wikipedia page to let you know what Global Force is all about. Their Wikipedia page says, Global Force Wrestling, or GFW, was an imaginary American professional wrestling promotion founded in 2014 by Jeff Jarrett, the co-founder and former president of Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, now known as Impact Wrestling, and his wife Karen Jarrett. The promotion ran gold carrot bar scams, and several television tapings for a potential television show live from inside Jarrett's mind, 
which as of 2017 will never air. Jeff Jarrett returned to Impact Wrestling in an executive role on January 5th, 2017. On April 20th, 2017, Karen Jarrett appeared on screen at the Impact Wrestling television tapings and announced that GFW had merged with Impact Wrestling. GFW <laughs> championships have since appeared on Impact Wrestling television. Now, folks, that is some creative person going in there and, and, and writing what they want to write. But that actually basically sums it up. GFW. Half of the arena that Impact shows, Wrestling was being taped in vanished at the moment of the merge of the two companies as it became half <laughs> yeah. imaginary. Right. Uh, I mean, um, one at one point, I will give GFW at, credit for, and we can't take this away from them. GFW brought us Wrestle Kingdom 10 live on pay-per-view. Now yeah. that happened because of Jeff Jarrett and he wanted to get the GFW brand out there and holy shit. That's one of the pay-per-views of the decade. Oh yeah. That very much a phenomenal so. card top to bottom. Thank you, Jeff Jarrett for that. But that Wikipedia page wasn't lying. They were running these fucking gold bar scams. That was their yep. main thing on the page. You had to, you had to look for the wrestling related shit. They were sitting here trying to get you into a pyramid scheme. Yep, yep, I remember that shit. I was like, are, are, are you not doing wrestling now? What's going on? <laughs> I thought you were just scouting the world looking for top talent. I want to see this show. I actually, was all excited for it. Yeah, and he got good talent, and he contracted them to, to GFW. They just, they would they would show up in other promotions, and it would be like featuring GFW and stuff like this, but they never did anything. So... To get back onto the news, uh, El Patron won the GFW World Championship, which really isn't a fucking thing, but he has it. <laughs> it exists. I mean, it's physical. There's just very little. Who real did he beat for it? it. Uh, he beat Magnus this past Saturday oh, at yeah, an Impact okay. Wrestling taping in Orlando. Uh, I like Magnus. He's really good. Um, he's married to. Is he married to Mickey? Is it Mickey James that he's married to? Who's now in WWE? Uh, I think he is. So, I think yeah. that's who it is. I think he's married to Mickey James, that lucky son of a bitch. Um, and it has been speculated that Impact Wrestling will eventually unify the GFW and Impact Wrestling titles on TV. And it's likely that El Patron's GFW title win was a setup to main event the title match between him and Bobby Lashley at Slammiversary. Now, for people who aren't familiar with Impact Wrestling or TNA, Slammiversary is like their SummerSlam. Um, their WrestleMania is bound for glory. Their SummerSlam is Slammiversary. Uh, so this 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 could be a big thing. And, and who doesn't want to see Alberto El Patron versus Bobby Lashley? I'm definitely, if I'm not going to watch that whole pay-per-view, I'm definitely watching the, that match. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to see this. Yeah, it'll be really interesting uh, now that Global Force is being merged with uh, Impact Wrestling. It, yeah, you know, they um, apparently the tag titles I have read were uh, vacated and they're going to have a tournament in, in TNA or in Impact Wrestling, I should say. I'm sorry for the GFW tag titles now if they're just going to combine the world titles why don't they just not even worry about having gfw tag champions and not even merge them just dissolve them completely that's what i would do oh they're gonna merge the shit out of them i can see it already the impact wrestling global championship 
Right. And, you know, I mean, it, and it makes for good, it, it makes for a good marquee to put, you know, the titles are merging. This is for both the titles. Ah, da, 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 you know, all of that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it is Mickey James that Magnus is married yep, to, actually. Yep. I just looked it up. Yep. Lucky fucking bastard. <laughs> God, what I wouldn't do to come home and plow her in the poop shooter. <coughs> so, that's the end of our news and notes. I think it's time to let you folks in on a little secret. And that secret is we are drinking beer tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, little known secret. We we, we like beer on the B6 podcast. Um, in copious amounts, usually. Um, copious! That's going to be my wrestling name when I when I get into the business. <laughs> copious amounts. This week, I'm enjoying... Actually, oh, sorry. I used to actually strip under that name, to be honest. Copious amounts? Copious amounts, yeah. Nice. Actually, I... That's, uh, what, that's what a fat guy does. I've been, I've been uh, playing a lot of Call of Duty Zombies lately, and I decided if I ever have another son... His name is going to be Maxwell Ammunition. Max Ammo. Ma- you should call it Maxell, not Maxwell. <laughs> Maxell. Like King Maxell. I like Maxell better Maxel than Maxwell. Ammunition. Ever, I, yeah. ever since I've heard fucking that. And you can still do Max Ammo as his nickname. Right, right. <laughs> but it's like, I like, ever since I've heard Maxell, I, I, I love it ten times, a hundred times better than Maxwell. I'm like, Max just Ammo. get rid of the fucking W. Nobody Max, needs the fucking W. It's Maxel. Right. Max Ammo would be the next Vin Diesel. I guarantee it. It doesn't well, matter what yeah. is build, shape, or just with the name. Boom. <laughs> uh, so, what you drinking over there, man? I am, this week, I, I've stepped a little bit forward from the shadows of the seedy underbelly of the craft beer world, and I am drinking George Killian's Irish Red. Ooh, I like Killians. It's pretty good. I have right. a speaking of kids' names, I have a friend who named their son Killian and had no idea there was a beer named Killian, and then everybody's like, <laughs> Hey, you name it after a beer? It's like, no, I'm not a fucking alcoholic. Would uh, my daughter Brandy. Would my feel really, Brandy. really terrible <laughs> if Killian ever accidentally killed Ian. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to live with that uh, for life. And every time somebody talked to him. <laughs> right. I myself, I am drinking on the Garden of Hell Chicken. It is a pale ale and yuzu. I'm not drinking an IPA, folks. Give me a round hey, of applause, hey. please. That doesn't happen very uh, often. I know, right? This is from the Insight Brewing Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, right here. They have a little story. They have a little story here. It's the Garden of Hell Chicken. East Fiendish Thicket, Shioko, Japan. That's what that's what this is supposed to bring you to. This is supposed to bring you to Shioku, Japan, in the East Fiendish Thicket. And it says, Back, foul beast, I cried. I looked around to see if anyone else appreciated that top-notch pun. But it was utterly lost on the demon chicken of Shikoyu and his head... Or his horde, his head, his horde of exuberant citrusy yuzu fruit. I needed that fruit for my pale ale. That meant the hell chicken needed to get the hell out of my way. 
I love a fucking beer with a story. Dude, that's an epic God, story. Awesome. Ah. That is. That's that's the only reason I'm drinking it is because of the story. It's not because of the fucking good mythical morning fucking logo on the front. <laughs> you only get that kind of shit from Minnesota, man. Love it. Local, local. It's good. It's it's a it's a stronger beer, um, and it gives you a, a punch. It gives you a punch right in the back of your tongue. You feel like you're fighting a horde of hell chickens. I think it coats your tongue. It's definitely not your light hoppy beer. That is my preference. But I like this. It's it's dark. It's not a Guinness dark. It's darker. It hits you. It coats your mouth. Faint notes and of chicken stock. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, chicken cock, actually. Cock, cock. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be cock, cock? Yeah, that's yeah, chicken cock or cock, cock? Cock squared. Cock, 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 cock. Cock squared. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can taste this for like a minute after I drink it. I love it. It's good shit. Good shit. I couldn't find it in bottles. I don't know if they bottle it or not, but it comes in 16-ounce cans. I don't think you can fit that story on a cans. bottle. You know, maybe that's just it. Maybe you need a 16-ounce can to put that story on, and that's why they do it. And if that's it, kudos to them because it's worth it. That's what sold me on it. I read the story, right. and I bought this shit. <laughs> Fucking love it. Fucking love it, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we've been drinking on the on the Stoned Out Sunday show, too. Um, beer and then Hennessy and... And and almond whiskey and peach E and J. Like I'm like it's noon on Sunday. This is this is stoned out Sundays. Why are we drinking harder than we do on beef sticks? That doesn't make sense. We should be having blunts and coffee right now. <laughs> I like some Hennessy with my blunts and coffee. You know, it all it all works together. Weed, beer, liquor, coffee, good vibrations. Good vibrations. And that's what it squared. all comes down to. Whatever gives you good vibrations, that's what you should be doing. Who the fuck cares what anyone else says? If you like to go out there and fuck possums, fucking do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> don't, don't let nobody tell you you shouldn't fuck possums. If when you're done, you sit there and you say, holy shit, I feel good, man. I really like that possum pussy. I really like fucking, fucking that possum. It. You know, Hell if you yeah. want to smoke weed, fucking go out there and smoke weed. Roll a big fat fucking blunt. Dip it in some fucking maple syrup. Let it dry out. Light that son of a bitch and enjoy yourself. If you want to get fucking drunk on a Sunday morning, go out there and get drunk on a Sunday morning. Go outside naked and piss in your neighbor's yard. Fucking do it. There's no reason society should tell us what the fuck is right. If something makes you feel good, just fucking do it. Yeah. Don't kill people, though. Please. I mean, I, w- I would have We're not never telling gotten you to that do that. statutory rape charge if I didn't do what <laughs> fucking felt good to me. And that's a memory I'll never forget. Because they won't let me forget it. I got to go door to door and tell people about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's also going to be in the new intro oh. for our show, so you guys know every single week. <laughs> <laughs> What a life we lead. Uh, Speaking of fucking enjoying yourself, and and we're not, we're <laughs> nobody's fucking plugging us or giving us money. Speaking to of enjoying product. yourself, have this you, is the part of the show where you, we both masturbate. 
Yes. Well, I have been for a while. <laughs> have you tried that new uh, – well, they got a few new burgers at McDonald's, but they got a pico de gallo guacamole burger. Oh. This son of a bitch is good. And you get to pick the you get to pick the roll you want on it. You can either have their normal bun or the artisan bun. And you can pick between the Why the would you pick the normal bun? Patty. Why would you want a normal uh, you bun know, when you can have an artisan bun? bun? Yeah, but I mean, why would you want that when you could have I I don't know. Some people might. I've gotten the artisan bun every time. But you can choose between beef, grilled chicken, or fried chicken. I mean, it's I I've only tried the beef. Beef sticks. Can you get all three? But this son of a bitch is good, man. I have tried all three now. No, I mean, I, like, I think the get all three on one sandwich. Good. Oh, you can. They'll do yeah. anything for you if you give them money. They also got a, they also got a, what was the other one I had? It was a, a maple glazed bacon and onion burger or something. Mm. That fucker was good. Hell yeah. I liked that one. And then there's a barbecue, a sweet barbecue one also or something. I have not been to McDonald's in a long time because I just escaped Redwood Falls, and so I've right. been eating places like Sonic and enjoying uh, bacon right. cheddar pretzel dogs and and things yeah. of that sort. It's so good. How about those pretzels they had at the 427 barbecue, man? Dude, that was humongous. Bigger than your head. Bigger than Holy both of my heads. Shit. Yeah, combined. Yeah. yeah. That's a sight to see, your head in your head. It's like giving yourself your own fucking blowjob. Do we want to move on to predictions for payback? Sure. Or do we want to keep talking about sucking ourselves off? We can bring Marilyn Manson into the shit. Remember when you were in high school and there was yeah. always that rumor going around that, that Marilyn Manson removed his lower fucking ribs so he could suck his own cock? Or did that not happen in your high school? No, that that definitely happened in my high school. Yeah. I, I mean, it never happened in real life, but I think every high school in America had that fucking rumor. Who do you think started that shit? Marilyn like Manson. Spread like wildfire. Manson, Manson started Manson. it himself. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> that's that's why we were all listening to Marilyn Manson in high school. Magazine or something. <laughs> Everybody's listening to Marilyn Manson because they wanted to learn how to suck their own cock. <laughs> I will never have to have another girlfriend break up with me again. I'm just sucking my own dick. <laughs> Fuck it. No woman can control me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Men sucking their own dick is a bad thing. Man sucking their own dick is a bad thing because a man will whack it three days without a shower. So you can imagine how ick. <laughs> Dirty mouth. Dirty mouth. <laughs> Dirty mouth. Try orbits. <laughs> we sponsor sucking your a, own dick. That should be a fucking orbits commercial right there. You suck your, own, your dick. own dick. Chew orbits. <laughs> Try orbits. <laughs> Will not help with herpes. How about that Pop Rocks commercial where, like, fucking the girl gets a fucking F and everybody, all the other, her friends are like, oh, my gosh, she got an F. She's like, I got Pop Rocks. She goes to the teacher after class and she starts sucking his dick and he's like, yeah, uh, I'm still, I'm still giving you an F. And then she whips out the Pop Rocks and shoves them in her mouth and starts blowing them and he changes it to an A right there while he tremors and shit. (laughs) Dude, I've had three different chicks fucking give me blowjobs with Pop Rocks. It doesn't feel like any fucking thing. You can't feel the popping on your own fucking cock. You only feel it uh, uh, on your tongue because it's, I don't know, because it's so fucking 
sensitive or Science, something. Science, bitch. Sensitive too, but, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't feel it. You don't feel it. It feels like fucking, it feels like little rocks in her mouth scraping <laughs> against my penis. And then she drools this fucking green or red fucking shit everywhere, which I'll be honest, that turns me on a little bit. So what you, you know, got to do, what you got to do is get her to eat Mentos and then pour some Diet Pepsi in her mouth. <laughs> that might fucking be amazing. Talk about an exploding orgasm. <laughs> Hey, man, you ever had a chick throw up on your dick? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I know somebody who has. I do, too, but it's a story for another day. It involves involves people people and things (laughs) that we're seeing. It was a, man, that was a wild fucking... I don't think I've talked to that gal since, to be honest. But but anyways, (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast, thank you for throwing up on my cock, lady. He'll continue not talking you to you now. Around? Why didn't you stick around and clean the bed, bitch? <laughs> this has been the least wrestling-related fucking beef sticks yet. Hey, it's still fun. <laughs> it's still fun. And that's what it's about, entertaining the people. Uh, payback predictions, right? Yeah. Payback yeah. predictions. Actually, uh, what's your payback menu for this Sunday? What you eating on? I I don't even fucking know, man. I don't know if I'm going to watch it this Sunday. I'm super not excited for it. If I do, it's probably going to be the... Well, I don't know. I got to work in the morning. I usually do, like, wings and fucking cheese sticks and shit like that. You know, I don't... I don't ever do nothing fancy. I try to theme things so, out. I haven't came up with a theme for this one yet. Is, is my son going to be with me, and are we going to watch it together? Is he going to have friends over? Are we all going to watch it? Do I have family over? Are we all going to watch it? Or am I just going to be alone fucking eating Cheetos and jerking off and having an orange dick in the morning <laughs> and thinking I'm Donald Trump? I think I'm going to make the button. I think I'm going to make some uh, House of Hormel Velveeta Chili Dip. Welcome to the House of Horrors, Horrors, Horrors. Hormel. I need to steal that audio clip because I have to do that every time we say that the House of Horrors. <laughs> well, it's pointless now because we're going to stop talking about it after next week, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not going to be something we're going to be talking about for months to come. I hope it is. Well, well, I hope I, it I, is. I, I mean, I hope they bring it up in the... I hope it isn't a, a one-and-done sort of gimmick. They brought back the dumpster match, man. They did? They brought back the, I only knew of one other one. They said there was two. I don't remember who they said the other one was. But if you remember back at WrestleMania, they never mentioned the names. But uh, the New Age Outlaws took on Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Some might know him better as Terry Funk in a dumpster match. That was a really fucking good match. I love that. Rest, I don't remember what WrestleMania it was. Uh, really good. Really good fucking match, though. I loved it. If you, if you look it up on the network, folks, it's New Age Outlaws versus Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie dumpster match. Good match. Good match. It's always nice uh, when yeah, somebody's I, getting I thrown this, in the trash. It is. I hope this isn't a one and done House of Horrors thing. I don't know. I'm willing to bet they still, as of fucking right now, don't know what the hell a House of Horrors match is <laughs> yet. They're, they're in a room right now, fucking brainstorming, trying to figure it out. They are not doing anything. I swear to God, Matt Hardy's writing this all on his own. Just watch. Or and Matt and Bray. It'll be Matt and Bray. It'll be all the better. Oh, yeah. All the better. Oh, for the fourth time, payback predictions. All right. Uh, <laughs> we got a pre-show match. It is Enzo and Cass versus the Good Brothers. 
Where are you at? Pasty Um, I'm going to continue with saying Good Brothers because I like the Good Brothers and I don't like Enzo and Cass and I enjoy seeing Enzo and Cass getting stomped. So, Good Brothers. What are the odds that we see uh, Tex Ferguson show up? <laughs> I would like that. Uh, Chris Jericho did bring up um, Southpaw Wrestling on on Raw this week. He did. He name dropped yes. Southpaw Wrestling <laughs> in his fucking promo. That yep. was awesome. That so I was think, awesome. I think they're getting closer to doing more with that. I like it. I would like to see like a give us one episode like a month, like a half hour episode of some cheesy old school wrestling. Or not even that the wrestling, even just the promos. Half hour episode. I mean, it can be like, what were they doing? Ten minute little episodes, eight to ten minute things. Just keep dropping them sporadically. That's all you have to do. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Just drop them sporadically. I'm okay with that. Yeah, keep yeah. it coming though. It was uh, funny. You, you got good brothers, huh? Yeah. I think uh, I think Enzo and Cass takes this one, but I and I still I still see a breakup in their future, but I. I think the faces win. I think they're doing the 50-50 booking, and I think it's uh, the faces' turn to win against the heels on this one. So if I'm if I'm banking on 50-50, I'm going end zone casts on this one. Um, not much behind this. Not much to go with it. I don't really have much to say about it, not near as much as the other shit. Uh, so this is maybe a good pre-show. Sometimes I don't like their pre-show picks. This is a good pre-show pick, I think. Yeah, it it's a good spot for them. At least they have a spot on the card. I mean, yeah, the good brothers. The good brothers are going to get bigger and better. Um, this is all right for them at the moment. I think once uh, a Mister Finn Balor joins the mix, I think things are going to really pick up for them. Yeah, but we'll see. That might just be me dreaming. Well, I think it'll uh, happen. WWE yeah. has been going harder in those directions. Like they're they're trying to. I feel like they're actually trying to please now. <laughs> the anti theft device. You remember that thing from the nineties? The club. <laughs> yep. Clip it on your fucking. Device. Clip it on your steering wheel. I don't know how it did yep. much. It didn't do a fucking thing. It didn't do a fucking thing, man. It was like airport security. It made you feel better, but if somebody <laughs> wanted this shit, they'd take it anyways. Oh. Mm. Uh, Okay, we got a WrestleMania rematch. The Cruiserweight title is on the line. Austin Aries takes on the champion, Neville. Yes, I'm excited for this match. I uh, actually have watched the last couple episodes of 205 live, and I gotta say, as much as I want Austin Aries to win here, it's I, I feel like it's being built for Neville to take it. Um, he's been, lately, uh, Neville's been rolling with TJ Perkins. So, EJP, yeah, Mister Suicide himself. Suicide made a comeback at Impact Wrestling now. Yeah, I saw that. I forget. I forget who is uh, behind the mask, but I always like the Suicide persona. A lot of people have played him. Christopher Daniels, Kaz, T.J. Perkins, always good. I like the Suicide character. A lot of people hate him because he was born from a video game, but uh, he's interesting. And everybody who's 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 portrayed him is super talented. You know, that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, if um, I wouldn't have watched the last couple episodes of 205 Live, I definitely would say Austin Aries should take it here, and he should take it here. 
But I think Neville's going to keep it yet. And I think it's going to build for a good story. This is what I'm thinking right here. Neville's been running rough shit over the Cruiserweight division since he's returned back in December. Um, His confidence is growing, but his arrogance is getting in his way. I will say that. Yeah. I think the king of the Cruiserweights... Some would say he's picked a fight with the wrong guy with with A double. Uh, Definitely... Definitely a main event man right there. Uh, Neville escaped Mania with his title after his match against Aries at WrestleMania. Uh, but, you know, the former TNA X Division champion, World Heavyweight champion, he's had his number at almost every point. Uh, which is, like you said, has, has brought in TJ Perkins. Neville has brought in TJ Perkins as backup. This might be Aries' last shot at Neville's gold, so I think he's going to bring it all, and I think he's going to have to contend with Perkins. Oh, yeah. I think the match at Mania, when it was forced to go on first, that kind of... We, we even said we think that they held back because they knew it was the first match, and they didn't want to overshadow anything. So I think that really held their energy back. This time, they should have a hot crowd behind them, uh, people are more familiar with their styles. Uh, even with many bigger matches on the card, this, this, I'm, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. This could easily steal the show. Oh, yeah. But my thoughts are, unless WWE wants to extend this feud for another month, this will probably be the final match between these two for the foreseeable future. They'll, they'll mix it up again and, you know, down the line. Uh, I think Neville's taken the victory. His heel reign is still going strong. I think Aries needs to get out of the cruiserweight scene to be seen as a, a U.S. or intercontinental title guy. So I think he needs to leave the 205 product. Uh, WWE's been known to flip the title on a whim, but it just seems unnecessary at this point. So I'm saying Neville retains the championship, probably with help from TJ Perkins. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb also, though, and I'm going to predict that I think in the near future, Kalisto is going to be the one to finally dethrone Neville. I think Kalisto is going to get that push that I think all of us feel he deserves. Well, he did just get a new he did just get a new costume. So he did. And it looks good. I I like it. I'd love to see it. He's on the he's on the raw brand now. You know, I think I think I think Kalisto's going to be the guy to take it in the long run. Uh, Sunday, Neville keeps it with help from T.J. Perkins. I think for sure. Uh, the next one we have on the list it's uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Who uh, I don't I don't remember who dubbed them this, but I'm stealing the name Dublin 07. It's a take on the 007, which is Cesaro's gimmick as. As James Bond, you know, it kind of mixes the Celtic with the, the James Bond. So I love it. I love that name. I'm going Dublin 07 is their name. So tag team title match, Dublin 07 versus the Hardy Boys, who are the current champions. The Hardy Boys are going to retain their titles. Um, Why wouldn't they? Yeah. That's, they're not, they didn't come to win the title and then lose it right away. That's That's for damn sure. No. It should be a good match, nonetheless. I think I think Double Seven be a good and the match. Hardy Boys is a very good matchup. But yeah, Hardy Boys are definitely going to come out on top and retain. I agree. 
I think uh, I think if this match is as good as it could be, given all four guys involved, that this will not only help solidify the new run of, of the veteran Hardys, but this should elevate the tag team division as a whole, which which could really use it. I, I think I think this is going to help out in the long run. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. The Hardy Boys are what what is exactly what the tag team division needs. Um, it was what it needed when the when the Dudley Boys came back last year. Uh, right. Glad to have them back. Um, in our next matchup, uh, Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins. Who do you got? Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, most of this show here is focused on ending rivalries, but I think this feud could well build up to a headlining a pay-per-view down the road here. Both these two guys, they are credible talents. That uh, Either one of them could hold the Universal Championship before the end of the year, and I don't think anybody would be surprised or disappointed, to be honest. Thus far, this feud is a huge part of Raw. Oh, yeah. With its quality and result potentially affecting the Raw brand for the year to come here. I mean, this is a big, big match. So, uh, despite being a veteran, Joe has not had any show-stealing, amazing, awe-inspiring performances since debuting. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, he's been pretty lackluster, pretty held back. It's been disappointing. <laughs> that mm. could change. That could change at this pay-per-view. Rollins, man. Oh, yeah. Rollins, who should match up extremely well with the Samoan submission machine. I mean, this should be telling a showcase of Joe's potential as a main event star in the coming years. We already know Seth is main event. This is what should let us know that Joe can be a main eventer. Oh, yeah. Um, this could also be a show stealer here. My, my prediction, Joe has not been pinned or submitted in a singles match since debuting on the main roster. Uh, it's been lackluster, but they, but they protected him. He's still lost, uh, matches. He just hasn't been pinned or submitted. He will likely eventually lose to Rollins, but this feud has the potential to last through the summer, multiple oh, yeah. months. Oh, yeah. Build it, run with it, the <laughs> different types of matches these guys can have, and I don't want to see it blow off in a normal match. They should have a gimmick match to blow it off. I say the best way to keep the rivalry going is for Rollins to lose by some sort of nefarious means on Joe's parts. So I think Joe wins. I think, yeah, definitely Joe wins. Uh, Rollins is still coming off of his high of beating Triple H at WrestleMania, and Samoa Joe is exactly what Rollins needs to smack him back into reality. Definitely. Yeah. Joe is going to come out on top. I'm hoping he destroys Rollins. I mean, Rollins will put up a good fight, but I think in the end, Rollins is going to be mangled, and I think it's going to build for a very long and very, very fulfilling feud. Yeah. Hey, hey, they didn't call him the Samoan bulldozer for nothing back in the day, man. Right. I think this could be a good one. Yeah, this one should be, it should be further up the card. It should be, it, it should be the closer, really. They, Yeah, they, well, they've got a lot to work with uh, this time around. For it just being one of their... Uh, their their Sunday evening Raws. I mean, you know, you got some big matches here. Oh, yeah. 
Actually, actually, I mean, if you look at just on paper, all the matches are pretty fucking huge. They're, yeah, if they're not stellar. title matches, they're like Joe Rollins match. They're like House of Horrors Bray Orton match. They're like Strowman Reigns match. I mean, every match on it's here really has good. an impact and should affect the product in the long run. I think it's really good when on the main card, the worst looking match is possibly the Hardy Boys match. You know, and <laughs> yeah, they're right? still huge. <laughs> they're still lot. huge <laughs> and shit. But for that to be the bottom, like of my excitement totem for the entire card, that's that's stellar. Uh, especially for coming right after WrestleMania, they could be really lazy with it right now. You know, they just swapped yeah, superstars yeah, on they, shows. It, it, it definitely yeah. could have been just a, a slack off show because they haven't built anything. But it's it, this and, is, and it's what I expected. Yeah. Hopefully the match is good. This like. this is now, Samoa Joe this, versus Seth Rollins in their first in their first match together on a pay per view. So this yep. could be this could be a really quick blow through match and it could be slightly disappointing. Well, and, and that's okay if 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 it's for if it's to build the story in the long run, I'm okay with that. You know, like I said, this should have multiple matches. It should have a few multi-man matches, and it should blow up in one big one-on-one gimmick match. Oh, yeah. Whether and don't 50-50 book ladder this. match, falls count anywhere, you know, whatever. Don't 50-50 book this either. Let Samoa Joe get a few big wins over Rollins before Rollins finally figures out how to take Joe down. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why Why not? Definitely. I, I, you know, what I'm worried about this pay-per-view and we're not done going through the card yet, but what I'm worried about this pay-per-view is it looks so good on paper. Is this going to be another pay-per-view where WWE slash us, the marks hype it up so much in our own minds that it's, it, it can right. only disappoint. Right. We expect it to be too good and we're going to be let down. Yeah. Can it only based... disappoint? That, that's right. what I'm worried about. Yeah. Oh, uh, so next next up we got a women's title match: Alexa Bliss versus the champion Bailey. Where are you at on this, Pasty? Uh, Bliss is still new on the block, and yes, she held the the SmackDown Women's Championship. But I think Bailey's title run is going to be a little bit longer than that, and so I see Bailey retaining. Actually, across the board on this pay per view, I think all the champions are retaining this pay per view. Okay. Um, I think pa- Bailey will prevail after Bliss's best attempts to keep her down. Uh, my thoughts are Bliss, uh, she definitely should be a major player on Raw for the next year plus. Yeah. But I think the real story here and, and, and the story that should continue to be protected is Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And until the boss turns heel. And turns on Bailey. I think Bailey needs to retain the championship against all competitors, and I think it needs to be Bailey versus Sasha when the title changes hands. Yep, very much so. <laughs> Actually, you pretty Bailey much needs... took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's funny we're yeah. completely on the same page on this pay per view. <laughs> that doesn't happen often, actually. No, at all. no, it doesn't. I mean, we're usually pretty close. We're usually pretty close. You, maybe two right. or three variant variances, but yeah, this is this is kind of crazy. And actually, I think knowing the next match is coming up, I think we'll probably agree on all the next ones coming up. So maybe, you, maybe what gets me here way. though? 
What gets me here though is yeah. we've been on on the same page like this before, and then been wrong almost every time because the WWE is doing one of those pay per views, the ones that just kill you as a fan, just destroy you as a fan. Right. <laughs> I've said in the past though, predictability isn't bad. No, no. You know, predictability to tell a good story is good. Right. Right. And and a, a, a shocking twist just to do it that affects the story negatively is not good. So you don't have to shock us going into this paper. Oh, excuse me. Whew. That's that fucking held chicken trying to fucking balk its way back up. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't have to shock us in this pay per view. You can give us exactly what we think's going to happen, but if you make sure that every competitor fucking puts on their best match. I, I won't even care that it was predictable. I'll say, you know what? It was predictable, but I couldn't have predicted how awesome it was. Right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> don't, I don't like them to just be in, un, unpredictable just for unpredictability's sake. Right. Well, and, hey, it's really awesome that we're getting an actual one-on-one woman's match at this pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm very glad. It's only one, but I'll take it. Like I said, it's a, it's a Sunday Night Raw, so I'll take it. It's only one. If they give it time, these two, these two are uh, probably my top four women in WWE right now. My top four, in no particular order, are Bailey and Alexa, and Sasha and Asuka. Those are my top four right now in in WWE. And so I think these two. Give them the time. Let them go as long as they want to go. Yeah. And, and tell a good story. These two can tell a good story. Alexa Bliss is just, she she's grown so fucking much in front of our eyes from when she first started. Remember when she was with fucking uh, Blake and Murphy back in NXT? Yeah. Yep, yep. She was their, their, their valet and shit. Yeah, I, I thought just, she wasn't going anywhere. She, that's for sure. She has grown so fast as far as, not only an in-ring competitor, because she does good in the ring, but as an on-air talent, she has just absorbed everything. I don't know who she's learning from, who's giving her the pointers. I don't know who it is, but it's fucking working. She's absorbing everything and giving it to us each oh, yeah. and every night. I think the most on-point personality in the women's division on either show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's definitely. very Maybe solid. Like bring, it feels but... like she's herself, even though she couldn't be that evil in real life. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. She. Yeah. She makes it kind of the way it's Rock very did natural. Back in the right? Day, yeah. Where the Rock made you feel like he was just this fucking ass, and he just he owned it. It just it, it emitted out of him. Yeah, that's what she does. She just it feels like her out there talking. Yeah. And yeah, nobody can be that evil. It's art. But it's an art form. It. Very few people can do it. Yeah, Alexa Bliss has got a very, very solid career in front of her. And I wouldn't have said that a year ago. Where I, I got the opposite to say about Bailey. Bailey is phenomenal <laughs> in the ring. Just phenomenal. And even though I buy her 100% as that, that lovey Starstruck fan, when she talks tough, I don't fucking buy it at all. She looks like she's trying to sound tough. She what about her Snickers commercial, sound... though? <laughs> she, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't convince me that she wants to go in there and beat Alexa Bliss. She convinces me that she wants to go in there and, and just she wants hug to it watch out, watch the match back, and enjoy it. 
<laughs> right, yeah. You know, she still sounds like a fan and less as a competitor. In the ring, she's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bailey's very good. She's been around long before she was ever in NXT, WWE, anything. I mean, she's she's been around for a long time. So don't let that fool you by no means. But she just uh, – the the she doesn't give it to me on the mic yet at all. I don't know. Sometimes I want him to give it to me on the mic. Give it to me, baby. But, you know, I mean, she's, I mean, you remember back in the, uh, she was in, in Shimmer, uh, Shine, and other promotions. Uh, she was Divine Rose back then, and she is just amazing. I mean, she's great. She's a super talented wrestler. Um, and it shows, I think. Some people, some people don't like her, but I, I still think that's more because of the mic work. I, I don't think her in ring wrestling has anything that can be worked on. I think she's a solid A plus. Oh yeah, very much so. <clears throat> All right, we have uh, next Chris Jericho versus. The uh the, the the champ what is he the the champion of America the face of America the, the face of America see the think. face of America yes the, the face, face of the United States the, the face of the United States of America uh, Kevin Owens. oh I was going slow sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this this one's gonna be good, man. The feud between these two goes back. Oh yeah, and I and I and I, and I put a little research into this. Eight months since Owens and Jericho became a tag team, so I mean, this is the better part of a year. Well, but you can't say the feud goes this. back. <laughs> oh, it does because you know they were only put together to split up. Well, yeah, yeah, because we talked about it the whole time. If you believe Kevin Owens when he when he had his whole spiel, this was his plan all along. He was always using Jericho, and he was never friends, best friends with him. So if we're if we're buying what he's saying, it's it's how it well, came this, off as anyway. So yeah, this story at very least goes back for eight months, which I not everybody and actually probably the majority of wrestling fans don't want this. I like the fucking eight month build. I like the slow burn. Oh, yeah. I like a fucking year and a half fucking story. It's delicious. I like the long drawn out shit. That's what I consume. You're right. It's delicious. You know, the story is a fucking good burger. Every step but of the way. The Every single week we were like, oh, my God, they're going to break up soon. But I love it. Yeah, that's the, the caramelized onions, the sauteed mushrooms it is the slow burn, man. That's and the best part was. Better. The best part was, is all year we were begging, just please, please let it go to WrestleMania. Please let it go to WrestleMania. And now it's after WrestleMania, and it's still going. Right? Right. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't believe WWE would let it go to WrestleMania. I didn't. I didn't think they would. I thought they would fucking, I thought they would, they would prematurely ejaculate this fucking feud <laughs> and splooge it all over before fucking WrestleMania. And they didn't. And the money shot is still happening two weeks after WrestleMania. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, this is great. This should be one of the biggest, 
contest of Owen's career, man. And, oh, yeah. And both of these guys need to fucking bring it. And this is literally the end of the feud. They have you know, to go if, separate if wanna, ways if after you want to be realistic, Jericho is is pr- probably a good amount past his prime. His oh, yeah. prime was actually probably the end of his WCW run into the beginning of his WWF run. That was probably his prime. But as a pure, like, all-around fucking performer, he's never been better than this fucking run right now. Yeah. Never. I agree. Never. Best run of his career. Most entertaining he's be, ever been. Yeah. This is this will be a well-mapped spectacle playing on a long wrestling history. Something we don't get a lot of. And for, and for it to be blowing off here at a, at a Sunday Night Raw is kind of impressive. You know? This will be Kevin one of those Owens. golden tales we tell our grandchildren one day, you know? It is. This is going to be the, the stuff that, that on Beefsticks podcast, episode 395, we're going to be talking about. You know what I mean? We're going to bring it up. Because Kevin <laughs> Owens will be going on tour with his Canadian rock band. And we'll be like, <laughs> you remember... Payback of 2017. <laughs> it's, that's what's going to happen, you know? <coughs> uh, uh, Owens, I mean, right now, he's one of the best there is in the ring, on the mic. And Jericho showed that he really matches well with Owens in the ring at Mania. I mean, he showed them to have chemistry in the ring, not just on the mat when they're talking, in the ring, pouring it out there. I mean, if this is Jericho's last match for a while, I think I think he's going to put it all out there and he's going to make the rest of the card fucking struggle oh, to yeah. follow this match. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you're going out, why not injure yourself on the way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I think you and I, I think you and I are both saying it's obvious right now. Uh, Jericho's going on tour with Fozzie. It looks like they're setting up a program between Kevin Owens and AJ Styles for the U.S. title. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I yeah. think we can both say that Kevin takes this one, right? And Kevin Owens cleaned himself up to be on SmackDown. Yeah, he's not leaving SmackDown. <laughs> he got mangy on Raw. And, and that brings up a point, too, now. It, it sounds like the way they've been talking and stuff, that they've kind of changed it to where it didn't matter who wins. They're all, they're always going to stay on fucking SmackDown he just, or no, something. No, he just said it on SmackDown or on Talking Smack, one of the two, that, that if he loses, he goes back to Raw. It was just said this week. Yeah. Must have been on Talking Smack. I missed Talking Smack, but I caught SmackDown. But I, I thought it was – I thought it, I actually caught the full show of both Raw and SmackDown. I didn't uh, I didn't take the cheap Hulu version. I, I watched the I always show. take the cheap Hulu version. Always. Yeah, well, you know what? You, you don't I, – I honestly think you don't miss out on anything, and I miss out on, on Lost Time when I watch the full version. But I'm trying to do my due diligence for folks, you know. Who knows? Who really knows? We we'll, we'll find out when we do the Raw and SmackDown recaps how much maybe if we 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 missed of any or you might have missed of anything good or how, how much I wasted on shit that was unnecessary, right? Right. Oh, where are we at now? The House of Horrors match between Bray well, Wyatt. The House of Horrors, Horrors, Horrors. Between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Not for the championship. Randy Orton is the champion going into this, but 
Yeah, somewhere between the time the match was announced and the last uh, couple weeks, they changed it from a title match to a non-title match. Which is great. Uh, well, was that just a... Was, I mean, is that because they changed their mind and who was going to win? I mean, why why do that? Why I think, no, I think Bray was set to win the whole time. And they had thought of this before the fucking uh, the, the, the draft, yeah, before the damn shakeup, and Bray got tossed into the shakeup shake because up. Shake because up. the Hardy Boys <laughs> are on up. Raw now, so that's where Bray needs to be now, and yeah, I just think this is their way of getting around it. It yeah. doesn't need to be for a championship. It's gonna be good. It does it. This is the blow off of a of a fucking feud of a very personal feud. Um, albeit a very underperformed and, and kind of, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. From, from what I read I on the internet, it does like sound like it's going to be a pre-taped ordeal, like, like, a like a, like a segment. And that would be amazing. Just, like just do it. Compound match, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll see a dilapidated boot. <laughs> there, Who should knows? Be, there should be a I dilapidated boot. Like, That'd fuck, be great. we see a dilapidated boot. <laughs> Is this where we're going to see uh, Sister Abigail, or, or have we decided that she's just gone since he desecrated her, her burial? I think when he shoved that uh, horror cruise into the grave, and that's what it was, the horror cruise, uh, people were questioning that for a little while. I figured I like, out I like that term, the horror cruise. Yes, when he, when he stabbed that into the grave site, yeah, I think that got rid of her, but also freed Bray Wyatt. I think you're going to see a lot of cool shit in this match. Could there be a niece, Abigail? Could <laughs> Sister Abigail have a daughter who wants to take revenge? I'm sorry. No, I so Bray Wyatt finds the doll of Sister Abigail and starts carrying an old, dirty doll around with one eye that is... Get a, yeah, get an old, like, fucking uh, uh, ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. An old, creepy female ventriloquist dummy. Or an old um, porcelain doll that that's like burnt, you know. It's got it's got scorch marks on marks on it. Like you said, an eye missing, paint chipped and shit. And then just and and, and pipe in audio over to speakers when she's in the ring, so nobody's talking for her, but she speaks. Right. I f- oh, I want that. I Do it. See it. That'd be great. That's I want to see than- her appear. The lights go out, and then they come on, and she's in the middle of the ring, just sitting upright and shit. And then maybe the head spins around, all a fucking exorcist and shit. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. And nothing's creepy like a fucking ventriloquist dummy. Pazuzu. Maybe Pazuzu is, is fucking behind all of this. <laughs> Pazuzu. I like the exorcist. Uh, so what do you what do you think? What do you think? We don't. I mean, we don't even know what the fuck this is, do we? No, no, we don't. How do you, how do you, you don't know what the fuck it is? It's it's something. We're going to watch it with our eyeballs and hopefully enjoy it. I'm going to watch it with my toes. There you go. You could do be that. different. Yeah. Mix it up a bit. Why not? Watch it with my eye holes. <laughs> Get up out of my eye holes. <laughs> I'm looking at you through my eye holes. I love, I love eye holes, man. The only problem is, man, I, I go to sit down to a bowl of eye holes, 
and a fucking asshole drops through my ceiling, breaks <laughs> shit all over the fucking place, whoops the shit. I've never gotten a fucking bite of the eye holes yet, man. <laughs> Just Three beats your ass and takes I've them. Tried. I'm not even trying anymore. Fuck it. They're not worth it. They, they can't be that delicious. Do they literally melt in your mouth, Marty? Do they literally? I'm surprised he doesn't wait for you at the store as you're going to take them off the shelf. Right? As soon as I pick up a box, <laughs> the fucking megaphone. I'm not a man. Maybe he'll be in the House of Horrors match. Ah, uh, fuck, he could win it. Shit, he could win it. Maybe he's Sister Abigail. Sister Abigail's eye-hole man this whole fucking time. We didn't know. Who knew? She's all blue-skinned wearing a cape and shit. Oh, man. I You know, I don't have a lot to say about this. Just because, like I said, I think WWE right now as we're recording, is fucking getting together and, and figuring out what the fuck's going on. Whether it's Matt in a room by himself, whether it's fucking Kevin Dunn, who's sucking Vince's dick and writing on his belly, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know, but I don't I, I don't think they know what the fuck it is right now. Randy Orton's going to propose to Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah, right? <laughs> we got Orton and Wyatt. Um, this, I don't think this has gone the way WWE wanted it to. They haven't had the chemistry. They haven't melded well together. The pre-recorded segments have been great. Yes, yeah. But I don't think Orton and Wyatt ever really fucking clicked, even either as a partner or as a feud. I just don't... To me, they're, they're, they're not fitting together. I mean, to me, they just haven't... I'm into it because of the the Bray Wyatt buildup, but that's it. I'm not into it because of because I'm into th- these two guys' feud. I'm not. Right. I'm not right. interested in in Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt's feud at all. We're just interested in seeing the future of Bray Wyatt come from this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know. I, I'm right there with you. I, I kind of. I really hope like Randy Orton entering Bray Wyatt's realm, and if they do this pre-taped stuff. I'm hoping Randy Orton pulls some own some tricks out of his sleeves, you know? Maybe some real snakes drop down on Bray Wyatt or something. Something. Right. Yeah, it is <laughs> um I don't think the uh I don't think the projection screen turned out the way WWE wanted it to. You and I both really liked it. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. Yes, um, a lot of it, it wasn't perfect. Like it, it was not perfect, but it a was lot of good. people brought up a good point where it didn't really seem to affect Randy at all. Right, like it didn't it didn't affect Randy at all. He just sat there for a little bit while it played, and then he started wrestling again. And out of the three times they did it, I think two times he was on the upper hand after after the projection uh, yeah. finished. Like yeah. he's on top of things, beating them up. So. That didn't work out the way they wanted it to. I think this, like you said, this is is only going to help the feud, it being this House of Horrors match. I think this is going to help. I think if it was a regular match, we just wouldn't give a shit. It would be a bathroom break match. So I think this is definitely going to help. If they can make this match as fucking fascinating and intriguing 
as it sounds and as we're sitting here thinking like what could they do is it going to be this oh it's going to be pre-recorded are they going to drop snakes could sister abigail could the eye hole man whatever the fuck it is <laughs> i mean if they can make it as fucking bizarre as as our minds are fucking twisting up this could be a great match and that's what i that's what i'm hoping for that's what i'm hoping for oh yeah you know yeah it should be really good and you know it's the end of the feud it can be, you yeah. know, Bray Wyatt should win this and walk away, you know. I think he I think he has to win this. Now This is I his match. That, it's his match. Fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> I say that he has to win this. And then we're and wrong. It feels redundant at this point cuz yes, every time we're wrong. <laughs> but I think the fact that they retracted the title shot, I think that speaks volumes as to the fact that they're going to have Bray Wyatt win. Yeah, yeah. I think they knew they were like we we, <laughs> we want Bray Wyatt when we have to have Bray Wyatt win, we got to keep the title in fucking SmackDown. So that's why they pulled back it being a title match and made it non-title. So I think that alone just tells everybody Bray is going to win for a fucking change. Right, right. It's it should be good. I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, probably my main match of the night. Um, in a card where where it's stacked. I mean. I wish I wish yeah. this this pay per view <laughs> had no time restrictions. I would like this to be as long as WrestleMania. It doesn't. Really, it's, it's on the network, dude. They don't. They don't have any. They've they've never had a time restriction. Yeah, they but they don't really. Time. They, they never, don't. They never post an end time. But they don't really they do ever exceed the length. You know what I mean? Except for their WrestleMania or their or their SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania went well beyond its time limit this year. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> well beyond. And and I think they do that on purpose. But I agree with you. I I mean I like the fact that with them having the network, there is no time limit now. They they purposely put a start time but not an end time on anything. And I and I and I've read they do that on purpose because they want to be able to have their matches be whatever they want them to be. Yeah. Um. At the same <laughs> time, you know, there's somebody in the back with a fucking clock saying fucking wrap this match up we got to get the next one going we're losing time and we know since they've had the network they've still cut matches due to time so we know they're trying to stay within that time limit and you and i do it i mean we could fucking ramble on till the fucking early morning but we know folks aren't going to invest fucking hours and hours and hours of their life to us so we try to keep (laughs) ourselves restricted and again, mm. we go over our time limit, but we, you know, I mean, we try to keep ourselves restricted also because you got to appease the casual fan, I guess, and in WWE's mind. Yeah. Um, should... So far, yeah, so far we're agreeing on almost fucking everything. So I think you're right. Uh, we got one more match left. What do you feel about that? I have a feeling we're agreeing on this one also, but 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 what do you think? <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Um, Strowman. I, I think this is what they're ending with. I think this is. I think this should be their finale. It's not for a, for a card full of championship matches. This is not a championship match. But how do you not end with this one? Is this not the biggest built fucking match on the card? <laughs> it's uh, it's good. It's good. I don't think it should be. If you don't end it with this, Chris Jericho Owens. Yeah. Bliss Bailey. I mean, what else would you? Joe Owens. Or Jericho Owens. Joe Rollins. It's not going to be horrors. No, no. House of Horrors should be second to last. 
but uh, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a good match. Um, I think they've been building Braun to be really, really, really strong in a world where they've already built Roman Reigns to be the strongest guy. Should be a in good a fight. World. <laughs> Two warriors locked Two down <laughs> in a wrestling ring in a van with and dildos. Then old women. <laughs> Mexican Armada with tomato <laughs> guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then things get knocked into 12th gear. <laughs> but that's not all. The moon is gonna <laughs> collide with the earth. Before we talk about this match, though, I do want to go back to SmackDown and or on Raw and say that Strowman pushing a garbage can off of a five foot drop is is nothing in comparison to him pushing a stretcher down a ten foot drop and flipping an ambulance. So way okay. to take yourselves backwards. Hey, we're gonna um we're gonna get into that, and I got something to say on that too. So when we get into our Raw and SmackDown fucking recaps, uh, I agree. We'll, we'll get into that. I I actually have something to say on that. I'll, that goes with what I said last week. Um, I'm all for the uh, fun, crazy shit, but if they're gonna try to if they're gonna try to conduct themselves as, as reality, I'm gonna keep fucking poking holes in their fucking plots. And then what the hell is um, with Strowman like always like doing something and then walking away and then running back to finish the job? Is he forgetful? Dude, he, he forgets his line. <laughs> he goes back and somebody has to tell him what to do. That's what it is. Look at the guy. He's a he, beast, but man, he's a simple-minded beast. <laughs> Dude, he's got the face of a fucking three-year-old. <laughs> but I definitely think um, Strowman's winning this one. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> That's all you got to say. That's all really? I got to say about it. I could be like, no, nah, Roman uh, Reigns is going to win this one because his brother just died and it's his first match back. And da, 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 da. Nope, nope. They're building okay. Strowman up to be a machine and he is going to chew through Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to put up a hell of a fight being the most protected man in the company. Well, let me illuminate and pontificate. Uh, no match on this pay-per-view is going to help define the main event scene of Raw going forward more than this one right here. They are the two top contenders for the WWE Universal Championship, in my opinion, these two guys. If Lesnar returns to WWE before Extreme Rules, the winner of this match should be the one to challenge the Beast Incarnate. Um... With Strowman still looking like the lesser man after his loss at Fastlane, you know, I, I don't know. These two had a pretty damn good match at Fastlane, to be honest. Uh, it was better than I fucking expected. Way better than I expected. I was pleasantly surprised with how Reigns and Braun Strowman turned out at Fastlane. Oh, yeah. Um it's possible no. they could top it this time around <laughs> with, with the extra buildup they've had. They've been given all this time. Uh, I mean, this feud, you know, we were talking about Bray Wyatt and Orton, man. Uh, 
those those two are both better wrestlers than Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. But I'll be damned if this feud hasn't been better executed than that feud has been. You had Strowman's ambulance tip, um, which which easily easily is is probably going to go down in, in a WWE vault. That's that's going to be a clip that they play over and fucking oh, over yeah. and over again. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's got momentum. Was it Mark Henry was the last that, person to flip a vehicle on the show? Oh, uh, that that probably sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it wasn't as big as an ambulance. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, even without a title on this line, I I think this one falls into the main event category. Um, you know, betting against Roman Reigns in a match is usually the wrong choice. It's, it's usually just going to fucking lose you money. But WWE has put so much stock behind Braun Strowman. Having him lose both his matches against Reigns would really fuck up a future match with Lesnar. And it would make it really oh, yeah. hard to sell a Braun Strowman-Lesnar match, which we, we know is going to happen. We know that's going to happen. It has to. We've uh, already had Roman Reigns versus Lesnar, and I don't want to see it again. Yeah. Reigns can afford to take a loss right now. Nobody likes Reigns as it is. Him losing is just going to be a positive to the fans. Um, And you know what? Especially if they have him in there selling his injuries from Strowman's earlier assaults, I don't think there's no reason Reigns can't afford to lose this one. So, yeah, Strowman has to win. I mean, why why would you have all this buildup to have Roman Reigns win? I don't see that. I don't even think Vince... Sees that happening. You know, no. he's got a bigger, fucking beastier person than Roman Reigns. I think even Vince can get behind that. However, after Strowman peels the title off of Lesnar eventually, I do see Roman Reigns beating Strowman for the title. Well, talking about uh, uh, what, what Roman's doing in the future, I, I actually have a story in my head that... Um, this is probably going to be the blow off for for Reigns and Strowman, and I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right here live on Beef Sticks. You heard it here, folks. I'm gonna predict uh, WWE pushes a Samoan versus Samoan feud after this pay per view, and uh, Reigns starts feuding with Samoa Joe. What do you think about that? It'd be a good shot in the arm for Joe. Uh, it, it might fuck him up in the long run because they don't like to let Reigns lose. Right. But I think, you know, that's that's one heel I think is going to work really well with this face. And, I mean, who else do you got going? Owens is going against AJ coming up here in the future. You know, I mean, where where do you, where does Reigns go from Strowman? I think it's I think it's Samoa Joe. It's not going to be Randy Orton. I do have to wonder. It's SmackDown. It's not Bray Wyatt. I do have to wonder with all three gentlemen on the show and all three gentlemen currently playing in the role of face, if we will see the shield reunite at some point. Uh, I think at some point, yes. I don't think in the immediate future. It'll be something to think, fight I, well, the authority. Samoa Joe is going to have like, we might see. like Bray Wyatt will align with the authority and Bray Wyatt, Samoa Joe, and who else? Kevin Owens. Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens is yeah. going to be on SmackDown. He's going to stay wow. on SmackDown. He would be the guy, but he's he not going to be, be the guy. guy. So who knows? 
But yeah, I, I do foresee like around WrestleMania time, there's going to be the shield versus some, some semblance of a, of, of an authority um, faction. I think that would be great. I don't see why not. <laughs> let them, let them, you know, reunite for three, four, six months. It doesn't have to be long-term. It doesn't have to be six months. I would yeah. love it. And then they don't it have to break have to up. Be... They don't have to break up on, on bad terms either. Then they can just leave part no, ways mutually. Just, yeah. They can go off on their own feuds and do their own fucking things. Why not? Why not? I say, and I say, why not? What say you? I say, why not? Why not? No, I, I'm, I'm optimistically uh, looking forward to this pay-per-view. Yeah. And that seems weird because it is, again, as I've said probably a thousand times now, it's a Sunday Night Raw. But if they play their cards right, this is not just a Sunday Night Raw. And this is a pay-per-view that that closes the book on a lot of stories and starts new chapters of other ones. Definitely. This could build superstars of the future and, and this could and this could let other superstars of the past, you know, go their own way and, and, and off into the sunset. Honestly, I don't see how you could not want to watch this live. Because they disappoint us time and time again. That's the only reason. As much as I build them up, they, they disappoint us time and time again. <laughs> I'll watch it live. I know I will. But again, I just don't. I don't want it to be one of those things where we're building it up in in such fucking dramatic fashion, you know, and we're glamorizing it to the point to where it can't be as good as we think it's going to be. That's the only thing I worry about, and that can easily happen. It's happened, you know, time and time again. Right, and like I said, WWE can pull out their almighty dick move and and go exactly the opposite of the way everything should go. They've done it in the past, and they'll do it again, that's for sure. The almighty dick. Mm -hmm. Pull out the almighty dick, Vince. (laughs) Let's see what you got, motherfucker. Oh, good fucking times. I think that's the, is that the whole pay-per-view right there? That right? is the whole pay-per-view, and I hope it lasts 17 hours. I hope it lasts 17 as hours. As far as, no. I, you know what? This, looking at this on paper, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind watching this for four or five hours. If you yeah. gave every match a good amount of time to fucking play itself out, I'd watch this for four hours. Yeah. The only Definitely. thing that this, the only thing that this card is missing is AJ Styles. Know what I mean? Yeah, mine. Uh, yeah. Don't know where he would fit in, but it, it would be like a platinum card if AJ Styles is on the bill. That's all I'm saying. Words and things. Words, things, stuff. You know how that is. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, we're pretty sure AJ is going to be be feuding with Owens in the future, so maybe he plays a role in the Jericho-Owens match. I don't know. I don't know. It could happen. But I wouldn't want it to. I don't know. I don't see the point in Kevin Owens switching shows 
if Jericho's going to be leaving. But Kevin That's Owens true, staying too. on Raw would also make me very happy, sort of. Um, I, I think it's good. I, the only thing I don't like is why did they have to move Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to the same show? Right, Let's yeah. Let's keep them fucking separate. For I mean, they're, it's obviously we know this is going to be like six months. We fucking know it. It's not a long time. Is it too hard to keep them off the same brand for a while? I'd say keep – I mean, you don't have to shuffle – the same wrestlers every fucking shakedown either keep them off the same brand for a year a year and a half and then one of the shakeups a year and a half later you put them together and you boom have an automatic feud right there ready to right. go yeah yeah give like it a, a break a for a little while fucking feud yeah yeah because even if they're not oh. if even if they're on the same show and not interacting there's still always that you know they could you know yeah, give give it the chance to, to just go away for a little while. I think that that would every time I see Owens in the ring, I think Sami Zayn could come out. And every time I see Sami Zayn in the ring, I think Owens could come out every right, time. Right. And I think I think it's holding Sami Zayn back too in a sense. And it's a testament to their chemistry together. I'll give them that. But yeah, yeah I agree with you. It's not hurting Owens, but it's not helping Zayn. Yeah, no, as long as Owens is around, Zane's never going to get a leg up in the world. What if, uh, what if, like, Zane, like, the next shakeup, what if Zane moved back to Raw, but El Generico got signed to SmackDown? <laughs> Ooh. See, I keep hearing El Generico died. That's what I keep hearing. I, you know, I, I heard that, but but uh, Sami Zayn himself debunked that and said that he retired and is living in, like, a pueblo down in Mexico. <laughs> um, so he could always come back, man. He could return. The, the generic luchador. <laughs> El generico. <coughs> El generico should be in Southpaw. El generico should definitely be in Southpaw. You could take on uh, um, El Grande uh, Barbara. Yep, yep. El Grande Barbara versus El Generico. <laughs> the Big Beard versus the Generic Luchador. See it here only in South Power Wrestling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. God, that shit is good. Have you guys? Have you guys in fucking Beef Sticks Listening Land listened? Or watched, I should say, um, Southpaw Regional Wrestling. If you haven't, go check it out. Like we said, they're between like five and eight minutes. They're less than ten minutes a piece. There's, what is there? Is there five total? Four or five, yeah. Five. There's more than four. Uh, At least five, yeah. I think there's five total. Watch it. What it is, it's a, it's a, it's a spoof. We were going to review it. We never reviewed it. It's, it's long past the point of reviewing at this point. You know, maybe, maybe we'll do a little one-off or something and fucking review it and post it somewhere. Who knows? But basically, it's a, it's a spoof on the old Southern wrestling territories. It's got your favorite wrestlers playing these roles. It, it came from... And nobody will admit it, but what it came from was from uh, Doc Gallows and Machine Gun Anderson just playing these characters that they had just in their spare time and for fun. They'd do them on Talking Shop. 
They do them on other people's podcasts. They do them in the back of the bus. They do them backstage, you know, while they're waiting for their matches and shit. And everybody loved it. They got into it. They got into the characters. And they let them fuck it. And, and I was listening to uh, um, Gallows and Anderson on – was it Sam Roberts? They make they make pretty regular stops at Sam Roberts. It's had to have been Sam Roberts. I was listening to uh, – well, they're on Jericho a lot also. Anyways, it was on one of those podcasts, one of those podcasts that have more listeners than us. <laughs> and um, Not for and, long. And, and they were saying – that WWE literally just let them go out there and do it on the fly. They had no script. Nobody who was recording had a script the day that they recorded. They kind of had a they, – they just talk, had a loose idea of what they were doing, and that was it. I mean, that was it. <laughs> and, it and it's amazing. It's fun. It's just wrestlers having fun. It's fucking fun. Go out and watch it. It's good. Good stuff. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely worth watching more than once. Actually, I'm going to go back and rewatch it tonight after the show's over. You should do that. I recommend it. Four to five Dennis recommend you watch Southpaw Regional Wrestling on YouTube. It is not on the network, folks. Not on the network as of yet, but it is on YouTube. YouTube's easier to get to than the network. It's free. It does not cost nine ninety nine. So go and check it out. It's fucking free. Everybody... Everybody who exists has access to YouTube. You don't exist without having access to YouTube. I came home from work uh, Tuesday. I came home. I walked in my house. My dog was on the computer watching YouTube. I'm not kidding. I don't make this shit up. My dog was on the computer watching YouTube. Watching cat videos. another dog licking another dog's balls. I don't know. It was fucking crazy. My, the other day I came home, my dog was watching it off my fucking smart TV, was watching YouTube. It was a thing about cats fucking falling off shit. My, my dog was laughing. My dog was laughing. I've never heard my dog laugh. I walked in, my dog was laughing. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It's fucking crazy. And I said, hot damn, why the fuck did I eat those shrooms when I left work? It's fucking wild. But still, crazy. You know, you, do you know why I love the FedEx driver, man? Why? Because he's a fucking pot dealer and he don't even fucking know it. <laughs> <laughs> FedEx, delivering your pot for decades. Oh. So, are we going to recap uh, Raw? Yeah, we can do that. We can, we can do whatever the fuck. Our podcast. We... You bet your bottom dollar we can. This week was pretty entertaining. Me number one dime. I liked it this week, you know? Even watching the full version of shit. I liked it. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I enjoyed Raw a little more than SmackDown this week, which doesn't happen a lot. The shakedown man has the shakedown fucking uh, uh tilted tilted the scales in Raw's favor? I kind of think so. I've been feeling it since since the shakeup happened. Uh, SmackDown has more... They have... Uh, what do, oh, more potential. I want to say SmackDown now has more potential since the shakeup. Yeah, yeah. But it's long-term potential I do that think, they have to invest in. I do think that SmackDown has a lot to build, though. And what they did in the last yeah. year is they built people up really well. 
and I think they're going to do it all over again. And Raw fucking <laughs> snatched him away. Yep, yep. But no, I, I think I think SmackDown's going to be just fine, and I think in a couple months, maybe a few months, SmackDown's going to be back to being the number one show most weeks. Hopefully Nakamura will actually have a match soon. Hopefully. Uh, so you want to start recapping? You want? Did, did you take notes? Do I ever take notes? Well, you you texted me and literally said I'm going to take notes on the show this week. That's what you said. You you sent me that message. Yeah. So I thought maybe you're taking notes. Like like I said, I I I've just been exhausted, and I like I said, All right. tried taking notes on my phone. The shit didn't save. I gave oh, up on that's that right. shit. You did gave say up that. on that I shit really one, fucking one quick. One note screwed you on the fucking. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right now. I'm I'm a fan. Microsoft Office. I'm I'm addicted to Excel. I enjoy Word. Um, OneNote, I've never been a huge fan of, but Pasty's getting me back onto it. We use OneNote for the show. But, man, as far as mobile, that OneNote fucking sucks mobile. Yeah, yeah, it ain't worth shit. Um, Excel, I love my Excel mobile. My Excel mobile, I have to do a little bit more just because, I mean, obviously it's dumbed down, so I have to press extra things to to do what I want to do. But since I already know what I'm doing, it works out pretty well. The one note I didn't even fucking bother with on mobile. So I'll go down. I did the full version. There may be some stuff you don't you don't remember because you were on the Hulu, but let's just let's just fucking see what happens, man. We started out in the ring with a highlight reel from Jericho. The the final highlight reel of Raw for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we all agree he's fucking going. Um, he came out, he, he was talking to the fans, he turned, he, you know, he just, just so that they can have this feud with, with, uh, Owens, he's turned babyface. So there's not a reason because he's leaving pretty soon. His character doesn't need to turn babyface, but for this feud with Owens, he's gone complete babyface. Totally. hundred percent. Oh yeah. He's, he's a better heel, but I even, like I said, this run may be his best run. He's doing an awesome job as babyface. Uh, the fucking uh, light bright fucking jacket, man. <laughs> so, anyways, he comes out. He tells the audience, "You're the friends of Jericho. Drink Cheers. me in, man." <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, I have in my notes, which you mentioned, why two J drops fucking South, name drops Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I thought was awesome. Just awesome. Miz and Maurice come out. They interrupt him. Don't really say much. Ambrose comes out. He brings him a gift. Yes. He brings him a gift. The yes. last time he got a gift, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> it's hard to trust the gift. gift. So what did he find in this gift, Pasty? Well. This box. It was a What's in the box? As Brad Pitt would say. It was a brand. <laughs> it was a brand new Light up jacket. Ooh, when was kind it of, a fancy? Kind of thrift storeish. <laughs> it was like a, a suit coat with with Christmas lights taped to it. But with those big bulgy fucking Christmas lights, folks. Those big fucking round ones that you put on your outside Christmas trees, not the one that you fucking put on your indoor Christmas trees. Right, right, and it's it definitely it definitely wasn't a fifteen thousand dollar jacket. No. But the sentiment was there. No, not, not the type of jacket that, let us not forget, 
main evented fucking raw was that two years ago or a year and a fucking I try to keep it out of my memory. Don't forget there was a fucking time that the last segment of Raw was Dean Ambrose coming out with Y2J's light bright jacket and beating the fuck out of it and tearing it up in the middle of the ring. The main event of a Raw was literally <laughs> Dean Ambrose versus Jericho's jacket at one point. This is how far Raw has come back from the fucking ashes. <laughs> we should call it the Phoenix Raw at this point. Right. It used to be shit like that. Fucking Dean Ambrose versus a fucking jacket. Let's also so not skirt around the fact I, that it started out as the highlight reel with Jericho. And then... And then the Miz and Maurice came out and hijacked the show and it became Miz TV. And they brought out their chairs right. and all their props. And then Dean Ambrose came out last and turned it into the Ambrose Asylum. Had the big rug taken out of the ring and the small rug was placed in the middle of the ring. It was it was awesome. As Just well as awesome. his little tripod with his yep. DA on it. <laughs> you're, you're right. I, I glossed right over the fact that we went through three different uh, in-ring. But, you know, that also kind of points out, um, I've talked about this before, but not on the show, I don't think. It's been a while since I've talked about it. You know, back in the day, when a wrestler had a segment, say Piper's Pit, Say, uh, Brutus's Barbershop. Say, um, The King's Corner. Remember Eric Bischoff had his own Tonight Show for a while? Like, it used mm. to be a big thing when wrestlers had their own little talking segment. Now, at one point, three, four, five wrestlers can all have their own fucking talking segment on the same fucking show. Takes a lot away from it. I mean, it does just, anybody it's have cheapened. a talking segment on on SmackDown anymore? I think it's all on Raw. I think they've all been moved to Raw, which makes sense. Raw's the more talky talky show, and SmackDown's <laughs> the more in ring action. So it actually makes sense. Oh, SmackDown sense. will get one. SmackDown will get one. Don't worry. Jinder Mahal will have hey, his own. I Bollywood lights. Jinder's Taj Mahal. Jinder Mahal's Taj Mahal featuring the Bollywood boys and the Bollywood backup dancers. Uh, th this was a good way to start the show. I liked it. It was, it was well, it was a good way of the passing of the torch. You know, we see all these people coming in and, and shuffling through. It, it, it didn't really lead to anything big, but it definitely, it, it gave us a uh, it gave us a view of what we know we're getting into in the coming weeks. You know yeah. what I mean? We've seen Jericho's highlight reel get taken down in place of Ms. TV and the Ambrose Asylum, which is basically a a physical omen of things to come because we know Jericho's going to be leaving and the Miz and and Ambrose are here to stay. So it did its job. I liked it. Uh, we had Sheamus versus Matt Hardy. Uh, Hart, the Hardys lost again this time, which only emphasizes our point that, uh, I mean, uh, um, yeah, the, the Hardys lost again, which only emphasizes the point that the Hardys are probably winning on the pay-per-view. Last week, Jeff Hardy lost. This week, Matt Hardy lost. WWE 50-50 booking says that they have to win at this pay-per-view. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a uh, solid match again. Um I, I liked the Cesaro Jeff match better. Um, 
which is weird. Well, not weird. I like Cesaro better than Sheamus. I like Matt better than Jeff. So toss of the coin, I guess. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, it was it was a match that was what it was supposed to be. That was it. We had Neville and TJ Perkins versus Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries in a, a really good match. Yes, it was. Um, Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries win after Aries delivered a discus five arm. So they're 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 keeping Aries looking strong. I like it, but, but again, fifty uh, fifty booking. Aries won this one. Neville's going to win the pay per view, right? Right, right. I mean, that's just what it is. Braun Strowman came out uh, again. Not the best talker. Um, they, they they could really use to give him uh, a manager. I don't know right, why they yeah. haven't yet. After but he beats he's, after he's, he beats Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman's gonna leave Brock Lesnar for Braun. He could, and he could help him. That'd be really good. Um, he, he's not the worst talker. I've seen worse. Talk- they have worse talkers currently than Braun Strowman. So don't get me wrong. But he he said uh, um, he, he's owning this heel fucking monster thing. He said, when I dump Kalisto into this dumpster, it's like I'm dumping each and every one of you, he says to the audience. And keep in mind now, the the audience fucking loves him because he's going to beat the shit out of fucking Roman Reigns. But uh, they're, really, they, they're really trying to push Braun as the heel. And what they really should end up doing is a double turn. And they should have Strowman turn face and Reigns turn heel. I think it would work out for all parties. That's not what they're going to do. No, but definitely they should. not. People want to cheer fucking Strowman. They want to, and they want to boo Reigns. Double turn the fuckers. Double turn them. But who the fuck am I? I don't know, man. Like I said, this this uh, rivalry between Reigns and Strowman has really... I, I'm starting to like Reigns. I'm coming around. That, that's what they're hoping for. So I guess it's working on, on it's, some folks. It's, it's working on me, so I got to assume yeah. it's working on at least 30% of people. I am, I'm not a fan of Braun Strowman, and I'm becoming more of a fan of Strowman than I am of uh, fucking Reigns, so I don't know. It's good for both guys. Turn. It, uh, yeah. Um. So then we had we had the dumpster match, and uh, it was a normal David versus Goliath match. I have to say, I, I think most people, I included, thought since they gave it this uh, this stipulation of all you got to do is put him in the dumpster, I think we all thought that, that Kalisto was going to win. Um, there was a small part of me thinking they're pushing Ro- Bro- Braun Strowman, not Roman, they're pushing Braun Strowman so hard that they won't let him lose this. But I, to me, it's like it's it's a safe loss. In a match like this, the the underdog can easily pull out a surprise fucking victory out of nowhere. And, and that's what he did. That's what he did. And they did the safe thing by having Braun beat the ever-loving shit out of Kalisto afterwards. Now, this brings me to what you were saying earlier about the whole fucking dumpster thing. Now, I I have two things to say. One was, I thought to myself, should they have Kalisto beat the guy who hospitalized the guy who retired the Undertaker? 
Right. Does that just mean that Kalisto can beat The Undertaker? But no. I sat back <laughs> and I thought. I was like, no, this is a gimmick match. He just, he fluke got Braun Strowman into the dumpster. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. And it, and it gets Braun Strowman pissed. And I like it. What I thought was weird was uh, a couple things. Braun Strowman can lift an ambulance up and tip it on end <laughs> with a big Samoan inside of it. But any of you that watched fucking Raw, and I don't know how it came out on the Hulu version, maybe they cut some shit out. I'm not sure. But on the, on the full version, they showed Braun Strowman pushing this dumpster up the ramp, and he was struggling so hard to just push <laughs> the dumpster up the ramp. He had a hard time getting it up there. It took him a long time, and he was just like, oh, oh, oh. like I don't know, did, did did that come off that way on the Hulu version, or did they kind of cut to him? I think they, I think they kind of cut it out. I think. I don't recall seeing him push it up the ramp. I just recall seeing he really him. struggled getting that thing up the ramp, and that bothered me after just seeing him tipping fucking ambulance. You know What bothered me is why take the effort to ratchet strap the garbage can shut and then walk away. Okay, well, that brings me to my next point. So Braun makes sure that Kalisto is ratchet strapped into this thing, so none of the fucking top, the, the top can't open up. The top can't open, right? Right. Then he ends up pushing the dumpster off stage, but before he ratchet strapped that shit in, he opened <laughs> it up, and looked inside the dumpster, and he made sure that Kalisto was securing himself to the fucking secure fucking shit that they had built in there ahead of time to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Then he ratchets the fucking top down so that when he pushes the shit over the edge, because why the fuck would you ratchet the top down? There's no purpose. When he pushes it over the edge, it doesn't fly open, and everybody can see, oh, there's some sort of fucking safety feature in there, like a fucking child's car seat that Kalisto is strapped into so that he doesn't get hurt when he pushes it over the fucking edge. I feel like they didn't show one side of 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 the dumpster the entire time, and I feel like there might have been a sliding panel on the on the side that Strowman was standing on while he was ratcheting it. Cause you never yeah, see that, that side. Cause that could have been why he looked in there to make sure he was out. But you'd think if it's a sliding panel, he would have known he was out, but that could have been, I, either way you can tell they, they, they strapped down the top so that you could see so that you couldn't see that they were protecting right. the wrestler. I'm about protecting the wrestler. I'm okay with that. I love it. But again, if you're going to fucking do that, Go the fucking Lucha Underground way. Have a, a fucking pre-recorded segment. Fucking splice it together and make it look nice. This just made it look like Braun Strowman's trying to take care of Kalisto, the performer. It didn't look like he was trying to hurt Kalisto, his nemesis. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that I did not like. There's no logical sense in it whatsoever. One thing I also want to point out, which goes back to you saying you're growing more on Roman, there was very noticeable. I, uh, maybe they upped it on Hulu. Maybe they didn't. But there was very noticeable, loud, we want Roman chants during this fucking match. 
So people are coming around to Roman. This is this is working in WWE's favor, which is good. Well, yeah, nobody that. wants to see Strowman versus yeah. Kalisto. Come on. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't a gimmick match, you know, it would, it's just pointless. But Right. Yeah. This isn't Rey Mysterio versus Kevin Nash here. Come on, right, folks. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, so then we had uh, uh Bray Wyatt come out or not come out. We had Bray Wyatt uh, do a Titan Tron uh, pre-recorded thing. I like these pre-recorded things. If you're going to go out here and do these wild, out there fucking shit, do the pre-recorded stuff. I oh, love yeah. it. Have the editing it. Works. Behind it works yeah, with Lucha sure. Underground. It worked back in the day with uh, WWE Raw. It worked back in the day with WCW. Do the pre-recorded shit. Uh, Bray Wyatt did his thing. It was a good promo. It's still the same fucking shit. He needs to shake it up. I, I feel like every every one of these pre-recorded promos he gives, he says the same fucking thing. Sometimes he uses different words. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he says the same fucking shit. Right. Yeah. I like Bray Wyatt's character, but he let's like let's. The dude needs to join Toastmasters International and learn how to fucking <laughs> just just. Just broaden his horizons or something. He just he says the same fucking thing over and over and over again. I don't know. I think you got to chuck it up to the writers because you know they're not letting him say his own stuff. He probably has somewhat of a say in what probably. goes on, but he's been written probably a hundred percent. He'd do a lot better good... on his own because he is a good talker. Yeah, I've listened to him on a lot of podcasts in and out of just... character. Just give him a fucking mic. Just give him a mic, especially a pre-recorded segment. What do you have to lose? Give him the mic. Let him fucking say whatever the fuck comes off his dome and fucking spews out of his fucking talk hole. Just let him do that, especially a pre-recorded segment. What do you have to lose? At worst, right. Vince says, I don't like it. And he fucking makes him read the script. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe he says shit that's gold. And somebody makes him change it to this fucking pre-scripted bullshit. I don't know. That's well, possible. What am I going to say then? I'll just say the same bullshit you said last week. Right. <laughs> uh, Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox. Uh, I was surprised Dana Brooke won with a Michinoku driver move. Like, wow. Yeah. Dana's moving up there. I've always said, I, I don't care for Dana Brooke, but she has potential. She has the look. For sure. And she seems to have the drive. I think uh, I think she could be, like, the next Alexa Bliss, you know? Sad to say the Dana Brooke match was not on the Hulu version of the show. That wasn't? It, it wasn't much. It was a short match. And like I said, that the only thing I really had to come away with it was uh, her winning with the Michinoku driver. But how often do you see a Michinoku driver? Especially from a woman. Right. So I give him credit. It's too bad Mauro um, Ranallo wasn't there to call it. He loves that Michinoku driver. We had a six-man tag. Joe and the Good Brothers versus Enzo, Cass, and Rollins. Uh, Joe, Machine Gun, and Doc beat down Enzo and Cass uh, from the crowd. So they were beat down right from the fucking beginning. Cut to commercial break. Come back. Kurt Angle comes out. Enzo is injured, and he adds who? Tasty who? Mike Jones. 
No. No. They had to have had this. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> they added Finn Balor to the match. So it is. It is Finn Balor, Cass, and Rollins versus Joe and the Good Brothers. Um, I I liked seeing Finn Balor. I love seeing him put into a, a good match, a prominent match like this. But it made me wonder: Does this uh? permeate a phase out of Enzo? Like, are they really just trying to push Enzo out? Like, he wasn't really injured. They just kicked him out so that Finn Balor could be in the match. It's like, <laughs> this does not bode well for Enzo. But Get out of here with my eye holes, Enzo. Yeah, get out of here with my Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, loved, I loved Finn Balor. Um... I got a text from a from a long long time fan who was also uh, on our podcast last week, B, and she was like Finn Balor out of nowhere, forget RKO out of nowhere. And then about five minutes into the match, uh, Finn Balor did something crazy, and they were like Finn Balor out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like, hey, <laughs> it was it was cool. I like I said, I like seeing Finn Balor getting the rub, but it's at at, at the cost of Enzo. Does this? Is this an omen for Enzo? I think so. It should be. It's about the time to split him up. I think it is. Um, again, I don't think it's going to bode well for Enzo. I don't know how it's going to. I don't know how it's going to work for Cass. Uh, Cass needs. He either needs to stay silent or have someone to talk for him. And he's okay in the ring. I don't think he's. I think both Enzo and Cass are okay in the ring. Neither one's amazing in the ring. That's their. That's their big downfall. Enzo has charisma for fucking days. He could join the New Day. Easy as shit. He could fit in with the New Day. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the the phases when. After Seth hits his uh, new move that Pasty White talked about last week on an actual Raw, he hit his his fucking, uh, if you want to call it, pull-in fucking knee to the face. Now, you talk about that fucking uh, pull-in knee to the face, Omega's taking some exception to the fact that Seth Rollins is using one of his signature moves as a finisher now. Uh, everybody knows uh, uh, Kenny Omega was on WWE's radar, and uh, this just kind of makes you wonder, since they couldn't get Kenny Omega. We all know WWE would have took Kenny Omega in a fucking second. It was Omega that chose to stay with New Japan. Are they, uh, are they, are they pirating his moves since they can't have the man? And giving them to their top stars? I, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last oh, time. Um, look, at, look at the fucking RKO. That's a diamond cutter fucking for sure. Right. Can you really own a you know. move? You know what I mean? No, you, you can't. Your move is always um, going to be recycled eventually. There's, you know, in, in in the pro wrestling world, there's a respect where if something is a signature move... You ask permission from another wrestler to use it. Um, that that that's like a, a, a an unwritten rule, and people get a lot of heat for for not doing you know that. 
um, you know, you look back to Dean Ambrose, who used um, EC3's um, one percenter as his original Dirty Deeds. WWE made him change it into this double arm DDT. I liked the one percenter better, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, that's that's a recent example. You know, the had Seth Rollins taking the pedigree. Obviously, Triple H signed off on that. Um. You don't you don't own a move. You can't copyright a move by no means. So no. But is this a, is this a dig at Omega? Is this WWE kind of? Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted you. You turned us down. You know, you know, WWE is spiteful as shit. Yeah, yeah. No, WWE is probably just like this. Could be you. <laughs> um, you know. But then you look at it. Seth Rollins has used the knee for a long time. Yeah. He's always been using the knee, and I like this use of the knee better. Uh, like I said on the last podcast, it reminds me of uh, Kazuchika uh, Okada's Rainmaker, which is a pull-in lariat. Yep, yep. Um, I, I like the move. I do like it. I like it. It's safe. It looks good. It looks hurtful. You know. Hurtful. Hurtful. Mm-hmm. Full of hurt, hurting their yeah, feelings. Painful. painful. That that sounds better. Painful. That sounds a lot That's better. That's the doesn't ticket. It? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Alexa Bliss is in the ring now, and I God, I can't tell you how much I love Alexa Bliss. I don't care if she looked like a fucking troglodyte. I love her. She's she's gorgeous. She's fucking gorgeous. But her character, I just love. I mean, like I said, she she could look like a, a fucking behemoth from hell. And, and she f- fucking just owns it. So she's in the ring, and she's getting the what chance while she's doing her fucking her, her promo. And she just says, are we going to do this again? What? All right. What? Alexa Bliss is the best. Say what? What? Exactly. <laughs> she just fucking owned it. Fuck, I love it. I love that's, it. That's what you got to do. Um, yeah, you do. I, I didn't like the what chance when Steve Austin was doing it. I fucking despise him nowadays. It's just stupid. I think it's just all in good fun. Stupid. It's a, just like any time a figure of power, somebody you don't like leaves, you got to do the na 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 na. Hey, hey, goodbye shit. You know. Yeah, but you don't do it through their whole fucking promo. You do it at the end. <laughs> we Let should. I want to go to a live event and just start it for no reason. There's nah, no. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Every time a superstar leaves the ring, like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. Um. The, the big thing out of this, uh, we're running out of time here, folks. Um, Bailey came out and Alexa Bliss basically said to her, come pay back your Cinderella story is over and I'm breaking your glass slipper. I fucking loved that. Sasha Banks came out and challenged Alexa. Alexa said no, but Sasha fucking jumped her anyways. We had a match with Alexa and Sasha Banks. Um, and Alexa just walked away and took the count out victory the way a fucking heel should. She had an impromptu match. She didn't want to fucking do it. She fucking left. Fuck you, motherfucker. Good for her. Yeah, I, I liked it. Manny Bren, Manny Bren, 
Manny Bren. So the Manny Bren was Dean Ambrose and, and Chris Jericho versus The Miz and a mystery opponent. Who the fuck could it be? We don't know because when The Miz announced him, he didn't come out. Right. So Miz, Miz, Miz just got a piece of paper backstage, read the piece of paper, and said, my partner is awesome. Yeah. So Dean Ambrose and Jericho versus The Miz. It fucking spilled to the outside. Uh, Dean Ambrose was about to give dirty deeds to The Miz on the announce table when everything went black. You know what happens when everything goes black? Yes. Our buddy, Our good buddy Fedora Boy came out. And uh, he he gave Sister Abigail to (laughs) Dean Ambrose on there. And then after they won the match, he uh, actually ended up fucking uh, giving Sister Abigail to The Miz. So he wasn't really with The Miz. We don't even know that that was what his partner was supposed to be. I'm assuming that's who his partner was supposed to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't know because he didn't actually partner with him. Miz did say. And then beat up Miz. Miz did say that his his tag team partner had a, a kind of a knack for the theatrics. So it kind of yeah, yeah, did lead yeah. into Bray Wyatt coming out. But, yeah, no, I totally, you know, after seeing this, I would love to see The Miz and Bray Wyatt in a circumstantial tag team position. Working together, I feel like it would be like um, uh, Ted DiBiase and IRS, you know. It would be it would be a very good fucking sinister odd couple. Yeah, yeah, just working together for the sake of evil. They don't even really like each other. They're just fucking shit up. I like it. Right. It's two you two very wrong, different right? gimmicks that work together, you know? An actor you who's do that sometimes. an actor who sucks at acting and a guy who's playing a wrestler who's really good at acting. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> a wrestler who's better at acting than the actor. <laughs> oh, we move into SmackDown. SmackDown started out with the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, so now he's the fucking guy. Oh, 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 so now on the anniversary oh, of Prince's death, he's oh, just a uh, Prince's gimmick. <laughs> is that what the deal is? <laughs> Except he's not formally known known as. He's the artist known as. Like, what's what the fuck's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're billing him as the artist now. I think uh, from what I read, they're trying to drop the King of Strong style gimmick, which I think is stupid. It's stupid. I, you know what? I'm okay with it just for the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't done strong style since years before he came yes. to fucking WWE. But he clearly dresses like Michael Jackson. You, know. you don't have to say it. We all fucking know it. You know it. Yeah, but that's not even Michael Jackson. That's Prince. That's yeah, Prince. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. He, I mean, I mean, he carries he has, himself. He, Shinsuke himself has said he's drawn inspiration from Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury. Neither of those motherfuckers called themselves the fucking artist. <laughs> that was Prince. That has nothing to do with the fucking people that he emulates and fucking appreciates. Well, well, yeah. It's 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 Vince. It's not Nakamura. It's Vince. It's Vince. That's just it. It's fucking Vince. It's his twisted fucking mind. Maybe Vince hates Prince. Says, you know, I, the King of Strong style. I wasn't a fan of that, just for the fact that Samoa Joe is is 
the American fucking king of strong style. Shinsuke hasn't done a strong style type of match since before he came to fucking WWE. I mean, he quit doing that a long time ago. He's into the more flamboyant shit. Strong style is hitting the shit out of your fucking opponent. That's yeah. something Hideo Itami does more of than fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, yeah. But uh, the artist, whatever. Let's see what they do with it. I like that they're. I like that they're focusing on him. He's 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 starting out SmackDown. We got to take we got to take the good over the bad. He's highlighting fucking SmackDown. He's starting it. I give him credit for that. We got AJ Styles and your boy Baron Corbin. We're in a match. Kevin Owens on commentary. Always Kevin golden. Owens always fucking gold. Styles won with a roll-up counter to a power bomb. Pretty sweet, simple match. Nothing bad, nothing great. But Kevin Owens. Ah, the one quote I have here from him. You know you make me miss Cole Byron. Do you know how bad that is? <laughs> I, love that. I love Kevin Owens on commentary. I mean, everything he said was good, but just that line stuck out to me. You make me miss Cole Byron. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, after the match, Kevin Owens jumps AJ Styles. Baron Corbin uh, jumps in on the beatdown. And then Sammy Zayn comes out to help fucking AJ Styles. So, you know, there's a tag match coming up in the fucking near future of with course. those four individuals. Woo. Uh, and then we had the first of two beat the clock challenge matches for the number one contendership to the tag team titles. I think this is the first time they've ever had a beat the clock challenge with only two matches. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of beat the clock challenge matches. I don't like them at all. Um, one thing I will say, especially the, the first match, this doesn't go for the second match. The first match, they didn't wrestle a different style match. They didn't wrestle a match where you thought they were trying to beat the clock. They just wrestled a regular fucking match. If this is a beat-the-clock challenge type of match, there should be near-fall after near-fall after near-fall after near-fall. You should be trying to get the fucking pinfall. You should be not worried about putting submissions on. I mean, your goal should be to get the quickest victory. And they just put on a regular fucking match. It was an okay match. It was uh, a... Oh, fuck, did I even say? It was American Alpha versus the Colognes, who are no longer the Shining Stars. Right. Uh, American Alpha <laughs> won. They won with their move Grand Amplitude at 5.17. So actually a pretty good time for them not pushing, trying to win. But I just... An average tag like team match, match length. Right, right. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like a beat-the-clock style type of match. I was very disappointed in that. I that, that was something that stuck out to me. If you're going to push it as a beat-the-clock match, fucking work your psychology. I'm about in-ring psychology. Oh, yeah, very much. Very much. And they did not have a lot of good psychology there. Um, oh, it felt like a normal match. Yeah. The second match, I think, did a lot better psychology-wise. Uh, at one it point... Did. Connor Connor had tried to pin like three times in a row, which I thought oh, was yeah. excessive. But when you're in a beat the clock match, go for it, you know. Yeah, it's not excessive in a beat the clock match. Um, we did get Rusev in a pre-recorded uh, the first time since the shakeup, a pre-recorded message, and he said, "I don't like Brian. 
I don't like Shane McMahon or the shakeup. I won't wrestle until I get a championship match at Mania, or not at Mania, at Money in the Bank. Fucking Mania would be amazing. Uh, so apparently he's uh, he's holding out for Money in the Bank. We'll see him at Money in the Bank. One thing I noticed, and I and I re-listened to this, so I, I know I didn't miss it. He does not say a world title match. He says a title match at Money in the Bank. Uh, my guess is he's going to be going for the IC title. That's my yeah. guess. I don't see him getting a world title shot at Money in the Bank. I'm talking about United Rusev. States title. Um, Correction. Oh, yeah. The U.S. is now on, on SmackDown and the IC is on Raw. You're right. It switches yeah. up. I can't keep track of this shit. Speaking of Rusev, did you get a chance to look at that uh, video that I sent you about Lana? No, I did not. So there's a video on Twitter, folks. And if if you've been watching SmackDown or yeah, if you've been watching SmackDown, you know that there's a there's been these these promos of Lana coming soon and she's got this burlesque kind of dance. Yeah, with a chair. No, no, no me I prefer my women wrestling be more about fucking in-ring skill and talent than sexuality and what it is. We had that in the Attitude Era, and it wasn't fucking impressive. I'm sorry. Especially in this day and age. I can go on my fucking phone and find hardcore shit porn where women are shitting on each other anytime I fucking want. I don't need to fucking turn to wrestling to find fucking my jerk-off material. So don't give me these fucking bimbo blondes fucking shaking their asses. I don't want to see it. I want to see good in-ring competing. So, they're pushing Lana in this fucking burlesque video, which is fucking hot. I ain't going to say anything negative about it itself. She looks fucking amazing. I don't think she should be an in-ring competitor. I think she's great as a manager. I think she's going to flop as a singles, and I think Rusev is going to be hurt by not having her. Yeah. But that's my opinion. Let's see what fucking happens. But you need another Eva Marie. You know what I mean? But, um... In NXT, on these NXT house shows, she has been doing her dancer her dancer gimmick. And uh, I sent Pacey White the Twitter. I'll, I'll have to put it up on our Facebook page. I haven't done that yet, but I will have to. Um, there's a video of her doing her dancer gimmick in NXT. It's a fan shot video. And this woman, not only is it not burlesque dancing... It's fucking horrible, 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 horrible fucking dancing. Um, she's doing these weird fucking, uh, I'm a white chick at a club who doesn't know exactly what to move, so I'm just going to do this sort of thing down the ramp and around the ring. She gets I'm into watching the it ring. right now. Oh my gosh. And oh my and she God. does the worst fucking break dancing, which isn't even break dancing. I don't know what it is. It's her fucking standing on her shoulders and turning herself with her fucking arms and then doing a split at the end. It's not even real fucking break dancing. So it has nothing to do with burlesque. It's more fucking hip hop, but it's a horrible. It is the horrible, worst. 
horrible rendition of hip hop dancing. Did you it's watch like, it now? It's, yeah, it's like the '90s. It's like a nightmare of a '90s dance video. <laughs> is what it it's is. It's fucking awful. It is god oh awful. Gosh, I hope they don't let her go to the fucking main roster. Just do it. Just do it. Send her to the main roster with this gimmick. I want to see it. I want to see it. She'll never fucking dig herself out of this grave, dude. Never. <laughs> it was fucking sad. All right, then we had uh, Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan in a no DQ match. When I was originally watching SmackDown, I thought to myself, why the fuck isn't this fucking title match, especially a no DQ fucking world title match, why isn't this the main event? But then later on, I found out that the women's title is the main event, and I'm okay with that. Because yeah. the women's title was actually bigger, I think, than fucking Eric Rowan facing Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was an okay no-DQ match, but not much. Um, I think this was your best bet for having a match with Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan is doing something like no-DQ, street fight, whatever. They did a table spot. They did a steel stairs spot, and that was about it. Randy Orton won. Nothing fucking big. Yeah, nothing special. Um, the biggest thing to come out of it was afterwards, Jinder Mahal came out talking shit. Uh, he started talking fucking Indian, actually. And then the Singh brothers come out, and they jump fucking Orton from behind, and they steal the fucking belt. Yep, just takes the he, belt, he, runs off. And he drives away in a fucking limo. <laughs> Holding the belt Stick. out the fucking sunroof of the window. Out the sunroof. <laughs> like a fucking chick on her fucking bachelor part, bachelorette party, fucking screaming, "Woo!" Out the fucking sunroof. There you go. I tell was. you what, I loved it. I loved it. It's it's always nice to see somebody steal a title. That's you know you can tell who really wants it. Yeah, you don't see it enough. It definitely it rubs salt in the wounds. All right, we had another uh, beat the clock challenge match, and this was Febreze versus the yes. Ascension. Yes, this is um, I the ultimate say, moment for I me. Like, I like the Ascension's new face paint. Yeah, they got kind oh my of God, badass on them and shit. Like they, they're looking good. Could we see Crazy Steve fucking join the Ascension? Huh. I never thought about that, but that would make sense. I didn't either till literally just now. But now I'm thinking, hey, Crazy Steve would fit right in with these fucking bastards. Now, don't forget. I mean, the Ascension was not always fucking Connor and Victor. It used to be uh, uh, Connor and uh, oh, oh god, I know this name. Anyways, it used to be those two guys, um, and, and and they switched up. So I mean, there there's room to move around in the Ascension fucking proto. They're like the New Age demolition. People can come and go. You know, as long as you paint your face, you can come and go. It's okay. Um. So they had their match, and holy shit, if I don't think everybody was flabber-fucking-gasted to find out that Febreze won this match. My boys. After fucking Tyler Breeze hit a supermodel kick, and Fandango nailed a Falcon's arrow at 2.36 left, still on the clock. So about half the fucking time. Half the time. Half the time. Beautiful. Half the fucking time. And and no, in, no, in no, that no, instant, boom, Febreze. I have not been more excited for the direction of the SmackDown tag team titles in a long time. This is exciting. It's something different, isn't it? Something <laughs> different. It is. And it's Expect about fucking time. 
But I, I, I'm a big Tyler Breeze fan, and I'm I'm very not a big Fandango fan. I like He's Fandango better anything. than better than Breeze actually. Breeze is really go. good in the oh. ring, but I don't know. I I, I look at yeah, Fandango but... and I look at a guy who's really good at wrestling who got stuck in this gimmick. He doesn't enjoy the gimmick, but he owns the shit out of it. That's how I see him. He's like, to me, he's like Johnny Cage. Could this be the new Cesaro Sheamus? Like two people that don't fucking, I mean, and I guess they They do belong together. Cesaro Sheamus. But I mean, just, just two people that are kind of different, but just might just push together and actually become a solid tag team. You know, the New Age Outlaws, they started out as, as two completely different people. You know, right. you had Billy Gunn, who was Rockabilly, with uh, um, with the Honky Tonk Man. And then you had uh, B.G. James, who was part of the James Brothers, who was a Western fucking gimmick. And they came together, became the New Age Outlaws, and became one of the best fucking tag teams in WWE history. Right. Um, yeah, this, this could be it. I'm excited for this. And yeah. then we had our main event, which was the women's title is on the line, Naomi versus Charlotte Flair. This was a really good match. Uh, the, the two of them could do better, but it, it was it was a solid raw match. And it ended in a no contest when almost all the other women in the SmackDown Live locker room and James Ellsworth, of course. <laughs> you said all the women. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all the women. He's included in that. Came out and they attacked both competitors. So what I'm thinking here is, is this the start of a Charlotte uh, Flair face turn? Why why have all these people fucking conspire against her if you're not going to have her turn face and, and defy the odds? You know what I mean? It'll happen. She's on a new show. It's time to see her in a new light, and it's the easiest way to get it about that, you know. Right. Yeah, I think, I think this is a Charlotte face turn in the making. I think Charlotte's going to team up with Naomi and and maybe somebody else. And enter a three weeks. You got Natalia. Um, you've got oh, who's all in that fucking I hate you fucking group? It's Natalia, it's Carmella, and Tamina. Yep. And then you still got uh Becky Lynch is still on SmackDown, correct? Yep. So I'm guessing it's gonna be Charlotte, Naomi, and and Becky Lynch against Tamina, Carmella. And and Natalia is my guess is what what they're building towards, which is just great, great. No, I'm no, well, it's not. It's, yeah, it's I don't boring. like when they lump them all together. It's but if boring. They can, if they can split them up into their own different fucking feuds, it could be good. Mm. It could definitely be good if you could get Natalia, Charlotte. You got the two fucking generational female wrestlers going against each other. So you got Natalia, Charlotte going against each other. They already um, did that, is, though, with their respective old people at ringside. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it, why not do it again? That, that's that been a while ago now. Yeah, but it wasn't was good NXT. the first time. That was it, NXT. It still it wasn't was good NXT. the first time. Yeah, it, oh, fuck yeah, it was. That ah. was a fucking amazing match. Ah. And to be fair, she didn't, fucking Natalia wasn't even allowed to have her dad at ringside. She had to have her uncle. <laughs> She couldn't even have fucking Jim the Anvil. She had to have Brett the fucking Hitman Hart. What the fuck was that about? Well, who the fuck knows Jim the um, Anvil? 
But then you have like uh, Carmella. Let's say you put Carmella and Becky together and put them two. And then you got uh, Tamina and uh, Naomi. You got to put the dark-skinned ones together. That's how WWE works. (laughs) Right, right. So, I mean, why not Why not branch those all out in their own fucking feud? I don't know. <clears throat> it was a pretty good... I was, I was glad, again, to see the females main event, the, the show. It's nice that to see Tamina happy. get a little bit of a shove. You know, in a world where she's been forgotten for so long because of her father. her father murdered his girlfriend <laughs> and got away with it. She's finally getting the break she deserves. <laughs> no, I think she's always going to be haunted with that, and I think that's always going to hold her back from being a uh, main event uh, right. female superstar. It's just that her dad fucking murdered some broad. Yeah, no, she'll never uh, want to participate sure. as hard as he did because she no, she would it, not it, want to it, take the same injury. for her, and it's to me, it's sad that 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 case will never be resolved for the families involved. Um, but at the same time, because um, you know Nancy Argentino's family is never. I mean, since he died, they're never going to get the resolution they deserve. But at the same time, it's also not Tamina's fucking problem, and it's not her fault, and she sure. shouldn't be held accountable for it. No more than, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris ben- Daniel Benoit, who would like to join WWE and has been getting shut down every chance he's gotten because he's Chris Benoit's son. It's like, you know, it's not the kids' fault. Right, dude, make- give the man a medal. He's the, he's the, he's the sole survivor. <laughs> <laughs> give that motherfucker a trophy. He lasted. <laughs> Vince is like, wait, one survived? Put that in the fucking promo. (laughs) How many of you fucking survived your father destroying two members of your family? The sole survivor. (laughs) But, you know, change his name from Benoit. Change her name from Snuka. Yes, we're all going to know that it's who they are. But you can you can put it as anything. You know, Tamina's Tamina's not even being billed as Snuka anymore. Huh? Tamina's just being billed as Tamina now, too, I noticed. Just Tamina. Flat. Good. No last Good. name. She should be. Ah. All right. Um, I think we're running towards the end of this way. Man, it's never long enough. Right. Our, our time These three hours fly by us. It's so never fucking fast. long enough for us. I miss you, each and every one of you. When, when we shut the fucking... When we stop recording the next day... I fucking I think about you in my dreams. I miss all y'all. He literally sits and listens to the podcast all week long in anticipation for the next podcast. I I sit in the shower naked listening to the podcast thinking of all of you. (laughs) I rub butter all over myself. It's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And with that. There we go. Remember that as you go to sleep tonight, folks, that I am now going to leave, hop in the shower, grab a stick of butter, and rub myself. You just like the way the water beads off of your greasy body. I do. I love the way my my body repels the water. In opposed to the way you absorb our podcast into your mind. 
It's the alpha and the omega. It's the positive and the negative. It is polar opposites, and it is the way that the world works. <laughs> Do not forget to tune in next Thursday, 8 p.m., Spreaker.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music, and listen to your Beef Sticks podcast. Yes, your weekly audio molestation session. Some people pay for that shit. You guys get it for free. <laughs> also, kind of disappointed that nobody came up to you at the uh, 427 barbecue saying they heard you on Beef 6 podcast and then had you touch their genitals. Nobody did. And I'm, nobody. And I'm calling all you listeners out on that. Not even, not even the homie Brain Dead who says he's listened to us. <laughs> Come on, brain dead. Pick it up a bit. <laughs> Although your set was killer, even though I fucking missed it because I came in late. I'm sorry about that. We had a classic Nintendo to fucking pick up. And shit just didn't work out. <laughs> but I like the hot dogs and the pretzels. Oh, yeah. That was a fun time. It was good. Good fucking music. Good time to be had by all. I love all my fucking listeners, whether or not I get to touch your genitals or not. You know I love you from the bottom of my soul. Just thinking of touching your genitals is enough. Of course. <laughs> your genitals and my buttery hands. <laughs> so do you drop the soap often in the shower? I use body wash and a loofah. I ain't gonna lie. I don't. I don't use fucking bar soap. Who uses bar soap in this day and age? Honestly, I do, but I'm a Isn't bit that... of a Neanderthal. Do you really use bar soap? Yeah. Honestly, I'm not a fucking little bitch with my fucking bubbly loofah. Scrub, oh, scrub, yeah, scrub. But I got other people coming over to my house who don't want my fucking ball hairs on their fucking face when they shower and shit. So they can bring their own shit. If you're gonna shower in somebody's house and you didn't bring your own shit, what the fuck are you thinking? You're yeah. one of the kind of people I have in my house, man. Some dirty people. <laughs> the people that throw up on my fucking cock. <laughs> fuck. Should have fucking brought a bar soap for that bitch. <laughs> Are we done yet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been Beef Six. I'm fucking Fat <laughs> Mac. And I'm a fucking pasty white. Man, it's always a blast with you guys. We'll be here next week and every week as we have sold our souls to the podcasting gods. All right, y'all. Peace out. Yeah, yeah.